What up? It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 49 of the No Mercy podcast. This is the Super Bowl recap edition, but it's really, I guess that's what it turned out to be. But it turned out to be a lot of things. One of the things you're probably noticing right now, it turned out to be very long. And me and Jeff haven't done a show together. I was here with Jeff Manns today. I haven't done a show together in a while. So uh, we had a lot to say. We covered everything. I thought it was extremely entertaining. We went into the Super Bowl. Uh, Whether it was the worst Super Bowl of all time, we argued that vehemently. Whether Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer, argued that vehemently. Agreed on McVay, just fucking went all in on his fucking bullshit and how he's the most overrated motherfucker in the NFL, even though he seems like a great guy. Went in on the commercials, the halftime shows, gambling. We fought about betting on the Super Bowl. We fought a lot on this podcast. Uh, Went into Todd Gurley. Jeff gave some inside information from uh, when he was in Atlanta. Uh, Portnoy being arrested, Phil Sims. I mean, we, we covered this from every angle, the game itself, to the betting aspects, to the future, to what's going to happen to the Rams going forward, to Edelman, to everything. Um, then we dovetailed onto some social issues. We told some personal stories, went heavy into the Covington Catholic High School kids being vilified, went heavy into Liam Neeson uh, and his situation. And then we snuck in somewhere in this podcast in the middle. You have to, there's a uh, secret word that we gave out. And uh, you have to get that secret word, and you have to DM the house account on Twitter at DFS at a certain time, and you will win a promo code. Uh, so we're not telling you where it is. We're going to force you to listen to the whole fucking thing or half of it or whatever it is, but until you find it, uh, that's a little, little nugget for you. We're going to keep doing this just to make you guys listen to the end, even if these things are long, or the middle, or the beginning. Or maybe we'll do some in the middle and some at the end. You never know. But without further ado, hit it, Miyagi! Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. What up? Let's get weird. It's your boy Tommy G here with Half a Voice. Monday reaction pod after the Super Bowl. And who better to do it with than the Vanilla Gorilla, Jeff Manns? What up, motherfucker? Let's go, man. This is pumped up. Dude, it's so funny. Uh, we, uh, 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 we just started the show. Uh, 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 uh. We had to emergency start the show because we were fired like, in our pre-show talk for 30 seconds. Tommy's humming the Smurfs theme song. This is true. The entire weekend, from like Saturday through Sunday last night, all I was doing, do, 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 in my head. I have not talked to Tommy in a week. Literally, Literally in a week. We have not mentioned. There's no common ground ever. This is the weirdness <laughs> that happens with us. Why are, why are Why are we humming it? I don't know. I, can't, I didn't know why I was. I didn't know why I was humming it. I just started. We were about to go live, and I was just sitting there. I'm like fiddling with something, and I'm like, hold on, let me just get this up. And I'm yeah. Like, and I'm like, this and is he some- just goes, wait, what are you doing right now? Are you humming that? And I was like, what's what's the, wrong? The and he's like, I, I, I was just, I'm like, hold on, let's go live. <laughs> this is not, and it, literally that's why we're starting so rocky here, everybody. But that's, dude, I had to get this on tape. Amazing. I mean, it's not like there was some Smurfs commercial during the super bowl no that's what i was just wondering i'm like was there a smurfs commercial no because you said you were humming it before we didn't talk on the phone before the we started recording nothing no no so well welcome to the uh smurf cast and speaking of smurfs julian edelman with the big mvp win we're going to talk about that we're going to break down everything on this super bowl bets commercials halftime show 
I know me and Jeff had a lot to say about McVeigh, Gurley. We're going to get into all of it. Um, but first, I'd like to start, Jeff, with mm. how your weekend went in Atlanta. You went down there. We didn't make it down. Um, had some shit going on and uh, weren't able to get down there for it. But uh, you were down there since Wednesday? Wednesday, Thursday? yeah. I got down there Wednesday. So Stay give us some s- highlights, some lowlights, uh, like what the, what the weekend was like. Down there. I mean, the thing is, like, there's a lot. Because it, one thing about a Super Bowl atmosphere is, like, everywhere you are, somebody's there who's obviously more important than me. There's an insider. There's a team official. I, I flew down next to James Lofton for three hours. Like, I was next to James Lofton mm-hmm. in the in my seat, like, for the entire trip, you know, going there. So I got to talk to him a little bit. And I get in an elevator at one point, and it's just one other dude slouching in the corner. I look over. It's Luke Wilson. The actor uh-huh. from old school and stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So it's like, I, dude, I, I have stories about NFL insiders being carried out of hotel bars and <laughs> things that I picked up on. Like, I, I have a lot, you know, I get a lot of inside info on these trips, which I'm pretty excited about. So it was a, a you know, pretty good time. I thought Atlanta did a good job, um, way better than nothing wrong with Minneapolis. The people are nice, but the cold, like, you don't need that shit. It should never be in another cold weather area ever. It makes and no it, sense. It was fairly cold down there, though, right? Yeah, Not yeah. First day it was like thirty nine as the low, but then it was mm. in the fifties and sixties the whole time, which is oh, okay. You know, right. It's fine. You know, it's not warm or anything. But it, in Miami next year will be okay. Um, but yeah, dude, I had a good time. Uh, did some broadcasts and stuff. I thought Atlanta did a good job. Uh, all that was, you know, all of it was well and good. Missed you guys. Uh, would love to see you, Mikey, out here, out there, or whatever. But you know, had a pretty good time. And I did learn. I picked. I got some inside info, Tommy. So one thing about being out there, um, you're not going to find any other fantasy analysts. I, I looked around. I, I saw but one or two other mm-hmm. people out there. And so you know, we get the inside going to the uh, being at these events and these trips and stuff. So. Um, there, I picked up some interesting tidbits, man. Would you like to share any of those? Tidbits? I would like to. I'll share all the fucking oh, tidbits. Like, yeah, well, uh, Tampa Bay, all uh-huh. in Le'Veon Bell. They want Le'Veon Bell bad. They're, they're, there's a good chance they're going to be purging their roster. They don't have the cap room. There's like no way right. to make it That's work. That's what I was going to say. How are they going to afford it? No chance. But they're going to purge guys on the defensive side of the football. Bruce Arians does not believe. Todd Bowles does not like the defensive side of the ball in Tampa Bay. Uh, wants to bring in more guys fitting his cover two scheme. So don't be surprised if you see some guys like uh, Lorenzo Alexander and Gerald McCoy start being purged to clear up cap room. Whether they get there or not, I haven't run the numbers, but I know they're all in. They want Le'Veon Bell bad, bad, bad. I learned that the next head coach of New England Patriots, do you know who that is? Bill Belichick? It's No, the ne- after <laughs> Belichick. They have the plan in place. It's literally in place. It's what is it? Steve Belichick, secondary really? coach right now. Yeah, it's a legacy thing. It's not surprising when you think about it, but to hear that, that it's done. It is done, and it's going to be within a couple years, which, by the way, Tommy, like, dude, I can't wait. I under, like, I, I could only imagine for you being a New York fan and all this shit. Boston sports fans, dude, if you're a 25 and under Boston sports fans, I, I just – I fucking hate you. I mean – no, nothing personal, but my God, you guys are so fucking egotistical. Like, I grew up with the fucking Bill Buckner and you guys crying about that and all this shit, and Patriots were a joke. So and, weird, right? To yeah. see, like, 
I, I now you guys are riding high. You it. act like you fucking own the world. I just I cannot wait for the Patriots to be done. I simply can't wait. I just cannot wait because the next twenty years could be miserable for you, pukes. It's it's crazy because we did grow up with that, right? Like we grew yes. up with the Red Sox, were nothing. They the were Celtics lovable dynasty. Losers. Celtics dynasty was you know over it was by still we going on when we were like twelve, yeah. ten. But by the time we were in high school and really you know talking shit about sports, oh, yeah. that was done. The Bruins were really a non-factor that no one talked about. You know, it's like literally it was every sport, and the Patriots. We're down there with the Jets and the Dolphins. Like, they all Dude, suck. They would play six, three England games. Was. Nobody you know? so, knew what a New England was. The New England Patriots were one of those teams as a kid we laughed at. Like, what's, where's New England? They're like, I don't right. know. It's like, this team play in London. They, yeah, exactly. They, don't they? Are they where? Are they in Maine? Are they, nobody knew. Nobody cared. They were nothing. But they've turned it around. And kudos to that. But if you're a 25-year-old thinking, this is how life is. Oh, I can't wait till you're in your mid-30s. Oh, it's going to be so... I just cannot wait because it's going to be so miserable for you to go 10 years without going to another Super Bowl like the rest of our teams. Well, that's the problem, dude. The problem as a Yankee fan, you know, when I was growing up, the Yankees sucked. You know, like the 80s, the Yankees were terrible. Early 90s, Yankees were terrible. Mid 90s, they were terrible. It wasn't until Derek Jeter got there. You know, around 96, 97, you started to see the Yankee dynasty form, right, for that five, six year period. Pretty similar to the Patriot dynasty, right? Like, it was just every year, okay, the Yankees are going to be in the World Series. It's just a matter of who they play and if they win or not, right? And that was, like, basically my junior year of high school all through college. And I just came out of college like, well, this is just what happens. Right. Like, every year the Yankees go to the World Series, and every year, you know, it's whether we win or lose. And then we had that fucking drought for – you know, eight, ten years when we were spending all the fucking money on the wrong people trying to relive that dynasty. And these kids are about to experience that. And I can't wait for it either because this is not normal. Like, this no. does not happen. Not at all. So, Fuck yeah, I can't wait for that. And that, So those people piss me off. But that's their thing. Steve Belichick's the next head coach there. Interesting. Nobody. Way, while you were talking, I mm-hmm. found I was hunting down Uh-oh. Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now to land Le'Veon Bell plus 700. Oh, seven hundred. Look at you always thinking. I didn't hey, even bro, know that, dude. Angle. I literally the first thing whenever I hear information, I'm like, how can I profit from this? Mm-hmm. And the first thing I did was go and run. So it looks like as of now, uh, just to give you the full odds since we're talking about it, but uh, the Jets are plus three hundred, uh, the Raiders are five hundred, Eagles Colts? are seven hundred, Tampa Bay's plus seven hundred. So what about the Colts? Um, well, you just said he's going to Tampa. No, I know, but I, I mean, I had him. Like, you just like putting the Colts in there. No, no, no. I have the back. ranking. I have my rankings over at FantasyGuru.com for next year, and I already have them on the Colts because it's too obvious. I don't obvious. see the board. I don't see them on the board, so they got to be more than plus 1,000, I would assume. No, it can't. I, it only shows the top five here. And the biggest need. That would be insane. Like, this, would, is, this is a little dated here. This, this thing does look like. It's from mid-December, so I don't know how much has changed since then. That's weird. But, yeah, either way, dude, between – this is why we're a good team because between – I'm too stupid for that shit. Like, honest to God, and we'll get into my Super Bowl shit, and and a lot of people hating on me for Todd Gurley. I was not anywhere on Todd Gurley or anything like that, but I'm telling you, I heard from the insiders' insiders. I'm telling you, every person was like, dude – they are just building it. It's all girly. This is about girly. This game plan is about girly. Everything's girly. And I, I, eh, you know, I don't believe it. And it took me coming back home, getting comfortable, and really digesting what I learned out there and being like, oh, shit. This makes a lot of sense. And then I added it to the article. 
uh, over at Guru Elite on um, Sunday afternoon. And, of course, butt-fucked me right into the dirt. I mean, that was – so that was stupid. But that's the thing. Like, I learned all this information, and you, within 35 seconds, like, how do I profit? And I'm sitting there like, hey, I know this thing. I, <laughs> I know a thing. I'm just going to say I knew him, but I, I don't want any money out of it. Like, what an He's idiot I am. get me a lot of Twitter credit <laughs> later. Dude, I'm going to gain, like, 45 followers. If oh, I, I can't everybody. wait to repost this in March. Idiot. I'm like, oh yeah. By the way, Jeff, you just made me eight thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, you just make money. Like, oh okay. God, am I stupid? So yeah, dude. There's some things like that. Um, what else? Oh, AAF. I had a um, opportunity to sit down with those guys. I'm really into it, dude. I'm really into this Alliance of American Football thing. Uh-huh. And I'm gonna post some rankings, and dude, I just like everything. What's got you? What's got you so locked in? So they're they're doing. They're not trying to compete with the NFL. They're trying to be the farm system. All right, mm-hmm. that's all they're trying to do. And they have NFL players, guys who have played in the National Football League before, quarterbacks and running backs and uh, offensive linemen. They're coaches. You look at, like, Mike Martz and Mike Singletary and these guys. These are really smart people and coaches. And um, I sat down with Embersall, um, who is there sort of running things, not necessarily the CEO, but a guy who's sort of their spokesperson. He's like it's, their face, yeah. Yeah, the face. And it's like, wow, these guys are really smart people, and they really know what they're doing. Talk to, to them about fantasy specifically, and they're like, dude, we want fantasy everywhere. Like, fantasy is everything. It makes the NFL. I'm like, thank you for saying that, because the NFL looks at us like we're a bunch of degenerates. That's what we make them, and they want gambling, and they want everything. So it's like, man, this just makes sense. And it, it's just another form of football. Dude, I was an NFL Europe guy. So, like, I knew Kurt Warner way before he was with the Rams and shit. So, and I think there's a market for just more football. It's not as big as the NFL. But when you compete with the Major League Baseball and NBA, dude, I wouldn't doubt if this catches on and has a nice, strong audience. Nowhere close to NFL. But I think, you know, additional football is never going to be frowned upon by a lot of the sports-loving audience. When is the, uh, when is the launch of this? It's in the 10th. They start next week. All right. So, I didn't know if it was. Dude, they have Steve Spurrier after that. It's next week already? Yeah, dude. They're, they're right in. They're ready to go. And they had a draft and everything. It's, Why it's is per- Kaepernick not playing there? wouldn't that be their nut thing to do for them like they have like throw the building at him dude somebody asked that question and they said they totally they 100% wanted him he was not interested like I honestly would have put that in the initial budget like okay 20 million dollars next year for Kaepernick like literally paid him 20 million for the year like based on based on what they were saying he was not interested I I don't know what that means listen you know what it means. The number. Yes, he's not interested in playing football. Exactly. The number wasn't big enough, right? There's a price for everything. You know. Do you think so? I think so. Like, do you want another kid? No. How about if I told you I'd give you a hundred million dollars if you had another kid? Honey, get in the bed. Man, right. Close. Like everything has a number. Right. Does like have to be with my wife. But yeah, no, of course. No, okay. Do I. Yeah. <laughs> I would have to do two hundred million if it wasn't with your wife. But uh, <laughs> that has a price too, Jeff. <laughs> okay. The. Uh, but, like, everything has a number, so I'm guaranteeing they offered him, you know, a couple million, you know, if you put – that should have been, like, their marketing budget. Like, okay, yeah. how much money are we going to spend on marketing? Like, $18 million? All right, let's double it and give it to Kaepernick. And then we don't run a single ad because then you'll have all the marketing you need for that whole season. So uh, I'd have locked in Kaepernick. I'd have tried to lock in Tim Tebow, all those guys that are controversial. Yeah. But um, 
So the Super Bowl itself, yeah, I didn't bite on the girly stuff. Um, I wasn't also – I also wasn't in Atlanta hearing it from credible sources. I was just yeah. hearing it from quote-unquote fantasy sharps on Twitter. And you know me. I go the other way whenever I hear that. I'm like, fuck these nerds. They're always wrong. So uh, so I actually had a lot of props against girly, like James White versus girly plus 34.5. I had Sh- Sonny Michelle versus girly. You know, so I went against him in a lot of the props that I put in. But uh, I didn't have a strong take one way or another. Uh, as I said on the podcast, I was like, I just don't know. I feel like he's still hurt, but I also feel like the time off could have helped and he could be healthy. I feel like it could be split carry. I feel like he could be the bell cow. I- I'm kind of agnostic towards it. Tommy, so what is the deal? Why, what is going on with that guy? I think, I think, he, I think we're going to find out in the offseason that something bigger was wrong and he's probably going to have to get some minor surgery or scope or something like that. And I think what happened was, you know, it could have been in pregame. It could have been on the first carry. Like, we saw him kind of hobbling around a little bit. Like, you know, we've all had – I have my hip problem, right, that I've told you about. You asked me in fucking uh, – dude, when I saw you in mess. Tampa, you're like, dude, why the fuck are you limping? I'm like, Jeez, dude, you've been like this. Did you sh- – I asked if you shit his pants. I'm like, did you shit your pants? Yeah, I'm like, no. You should have like, just done just- the courageous thing and said yes. Yeah, I just shit my pants. So but much the- more admirable than having a hip problem. <laughs> it's like, no, dude, I just shit my pants. <laughs> You ask me, you're like, why are you limping? I'm like, it just comes and goes. Like, some days I wake up and it's fine. And some days I wake up and I fucking can't walk. So, you know, I have to get it checked out and I'm just fucking lazy. But, I mean, like, as someone, and you've had nagging injuries, whether it was an ankle you broke or a wrist you broke in high school even, you know, the weather will come. That's what I think it is. And I think everyone's just overanalyzing the fuck out of it. And I said it on No Mercy last week. I said it on Twitter. I said it in our football chat room. I was like, just stay the fuck away from it. And and luckily, I feel like that's what happened. I feel like Gurley wasn't right, and maybe he said something to the coach. I mean, do we know? I know he didn't get benched when everyone's like, he got benched. I mean, he didn't fucking get benched. Like, you're going to see Gurley back in this game again if he's healthy. But it was weird. It was weird there's, that he kept going There's two paths, dude. There's two paths. One path is he's hurt. And I, I, in which assume, I assume that happened, right? Because, I mean, he did miss six, week 16, 17. If he's if he's that bad, why is he on the field at all? Like I don't. I mean, it's the Super Bowl, so I why, get that. It's you do, yeah. You because get it's the halfway. I do actually. I, I it, listen why? in week thirteen. I don't. Right, like that's why he sat the end of the season. We didn't see him much in the first games, like in playoffs. Like I get it. I, I, like I do not get the halfway any other time except the playoffs. But it's the what? Super Bowl. I would, I would bet if you talked to Todd Gurley privately, if you sat down with him privately uh-huh. and said, what the fuck was that about? He's going to tell you, listen, if that was week 12, I don't even play. Right. Like, I felt good. I tweaked something early, and I just didn't want to leave the game. So I kept lying to the coaches saying I'm fine. It was good enough to go out there, but the second I would run a couple plays in a row, it would start to act up on me again. I, I, so I, I kind of get it. But why? The, but it's not up to him. It's up to the coaches, and the coaches obviously took him out of the game. And the coaches obviously used C.J. Anderson a shit ton, not just in the Super Bowl. So if if that's even the case, why would you have a guy out there at anything less than one hundred percent anyway? C.J. Anderson was capable. He was doing well. It, it, it makes depends no on what sense. percentage you think C.J. Anderson is of Todd Gurley, right? So if you're a system guy, I know that. Yes. So, so you're a believer that, 100%. listen, any other any back other. is 80% of Todd Gurley. John Kelly, you know? bring him. Right, yep. exactly. So so for you, it's going to be a no-brainer. If Gurley's not mm-hmm. healthy, you just put C.J. in. 
for the other side of it might be, Jeff, that people are not talking enough about is McVeigh's a fucking idiot, right? Well, so, that, yeah, I'm into So, that. I mean, that's a side of it, that McVeigh's well, just a fucking idiot. And for some fucking reason, we'll talk about McVeigh in a second, yeah. but maybe that's it. Maybe this was McVeigh thinking something. Who knows? Dude, let me tell you about something. All right, so I talked about my time out in Atlanta, right? My fifth Super Bowl I've been to. Um, covering this, and like I said, I run in. You run in just happenstance. I went down to get pizza, and I saw like three people from you know, NFL Network. And right, shit. it's just everywhere is people. Right, in all my time, Tommy, in all those years covering Super Bowl, I have never once run into a coach, not even uh-huh. an assistant or anybody ever. And I've one time I stayed at the the team hotel for was it the Panthers it was Super Bowl Fifty. I forget, which, but I never run into a coach. Ran into Sean McVay twice. Really? Twice. Really? He was everywhere. This guy was everywhere. Why are you out and about on Super Bowl week? I thought I said this over on Like Sirius where where were you running into him? Just like Steakhouse in the- on my second night there, so it was Thursday. And the other time it was at a uh it was at the um uh, but no, I'm, Jake Glazer's party. Jake Glazer's party. So it's at restaurants and environment. Like he's, you know, yeah, it's not like out, he was just it's walking It's like, dude, I've, you, if if I would have seen Bill, Bill Belichick out in a fucking steakhouse two days away from the Super Bowl, I'd have fallen over and fucking just like both arms right. crossed my chest and I, it's over. No way do you see Bill Belichick out and about. Dude, better you chance guys of seeing, do know? Better chance of seeing a reptilian shapeshift in front it, of you. Ex- Michelle Obama's penis. I have a much better <laughs> chance of seeing her wang hanging out than a fucking Bill Belichick. You look under the table, you drop a fork, and you're like, oh, like, my God, it's funk. there. It's just a big hammer sitting there. <laughs> so, like, like, no way. And the thing we saw, another thing I didn't like during the week, and again, my fault, those of you in the Guru League bet thing, I was on the Rams plus three. Once it went up to three, I was sold. Uh, I was in, and, you know, it wasn't that far off of a bet, quite honestly. So I was in on it, and I lost, and got went down the girly hole. So I, it's not a good outing by me, And you know, but we should have, we could have seen this shit coming because, you know, when they got together all week, when, when Sean McVay, when you're the head coach of the opposing team, and you start talking about how, Bill Belichick tweeted you, and Bill Belichick texted you, and he said, good job, and the, at a boy earlier this season, and you're hugging and smiling during the, the, uh, the press day on Tuesday. What the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, dude, I, I mean, listen, man. You know, Tommy and I work together, but we've also been on other sides and stuff, and we have mutual respect, but I fucking know if I'm going against Tommy, how many live finals have I beat you or you beat me, and like you beat me in the fucking qualifier and stuff? Like, Dude, when it's competition, let's fucking go. And yeah, we're right. happy for each other. But this fucking competition, let's go. Like we're right. going, we're giving it our best. I'm not fucking like hugging. Hey, blah, blah, blah. get the fuck out! It's Super Bowl. Like, what are you doing? You, he was in awe of Bill Belichick from Jump Street, and he's he's out there with his gal on his arm, and he's eating out, and going to red carpet, going to Jake Glazer's party. The fuck, yep. dude? You know what happened? You know, for the first time in nine Super Bowls, it was the first time the Patriots have ever practiced on a Saturday. They practiced Saturday. They didn't fuck around, man. They were after it. You didn't see Patriots. Players, coaches. You know, Brian Flores was named the head coach of the Dolphins. He didn't fuck around. Nobody fucking around. The Rams, eh, they were way too loose. And it started with Sean McVay. This dude is young. He had a great, great offensive plan and, and built Jared Goff back up from what Fisher did. 
But my God, you've said it. I've said it. He has made some severe mistakes over the last year, year and a half. He cost him last year in the playoff. The only reason the Rams even got this far is because New Orleans decided to piss it down their leg and there were bad calls and everything else. This is a... It's not going to be great for Sean McVay, man. Unless he learns from this, and you got to stop wanting to be a, a, a celebrity and start being a football coach. That's that's it. You know, that's part of it. Um, here's an example. Here's what I'm saying about McVay. I was talking to my barber about this, right? Who's you know old school Italian from Italy, big soccer guy, Jets fan, right? But not a football guy. You know, like he's a, he's an old school Italian soccer guy who watches some football casually and roots for the Jets. So he doesn't know that much, right? And he was watching the uh, press conference, and he saw a special, and he said, this this kid who's coaching the Rams is a fucking genius, huh? And I'm like, what? I'm like, how did you McVay? How the fuck do you know about McVay, right? He's like, I saw an interview with him where he remembered every play from, like, 2013, right? And we've seen it a million times, right? Like, McVay recite the play. McVay, there's a difference between having the best memory in the world or an eidetic memory and actually being a great coach. And I've said this same thing about kids that are book smart, Jeff. Yeah. If you have a – I have no memory, right? None. Zero whatsoever. I don't, I don't even remember the score of the game last night, right? So 13-3. Yes, I, I did know that. I was just I fucking around. But uh, <laughs> I, I actually have no memory whatsoever. If you have an amazing memory, you appear to be smart. There is an indifference between street smart and book smart, right? Street smart are people who are actually great under pressure and can make identic decisions in the street, right? So, like, boom, you're walking down an alley, me and you. Guy walks around the corner with a hood on and a gun in his hand. What do you do? Someone who's street smart is going to be like, all right, Jeff, you go this way. I'm going to go. Like, bang, we'll figure it out quick, right? Someone who's book smart is probably going to shit themselves in the middle of the fucking thing and probably die. It's the same thing in football. I think McVeigh's book smart. To be book smart, all you need is a good memory, right? Like if your kids have a test tomorrow, what do they have to do? They have to study tonight. And all the answers to that test is somewhere in that book that they have to read. But the question is, do you remember it? That's the only thing. So if you have a photographic memory, you're going to ace every test in school because they give you the study material, right? So I think that's McVeigh. He's 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 got an amazing memory. He's amazingly book smart. But Attention when to detail is fantastic. It's fantastic and yep. all that. And I think he's young enough to relate to the players. I think he's a good judge of talent. All that. Mm-hmm. I've never said otherwise. But I've quote tweeted the podcast, the two-minute rant I went on about these sharp coaches. He is the worst game manager, maybe in the NFL, as far as making quick decisions and reacting. Dude, Belichick shit down his throat from bell to bell. Like, he never adjusted. He never did anything to change it. For a moment, he started throwing on first down. Like, I'm sitting there on a third drive going, why is this guy not throwing? Why is he not pitching backwards? He was given the right? game. Tom Brady threw an interception sixth play of the game? Like, they turned the ball over at midfield right off the bat. Then they got a missed field goal after that. Like, they were given all the opportunities in the Everything. world. It was right there. But, dude, they had no plan. Nothing. Todd Gurley, run right, then a bunch of play action. How many nonsense. times did he run on second down? Every time? Yes. Like, just the whole game? Like, it was well, incredible. His big, his big change after halftime was, oh, we're going to throw on first down. Okay, and that great. was 
And and dude, that's it. Didn't that take a fucking movie. rocket scientist to know that. I was screaming and I mean, I was whispering it on the third drive, and I'm with my friends. I'm going, why does he keep running on first? Like, what are you doing? It's not working. Like, go get aggressive. And then when he fucking uh, punts the ball on fourth and one or whatever the fuck it was, fourth and two, and he threw the ball on third down. My friends are like, it's McVay. He's going for it. I'm like, do you know McVay? No. no. Because in week seven, McVay's a fucking balls to the wall. Arnold Schwarzenegger. In Rambo Hero, or Sylvester Stallone. It was in Rambo. But uh, I'm like, in week 15, 14 on, when the lights are bright, he's Jeff Fisher, dude. He doesn't have balls. He's punting this. And you know how I know he's punting it? Because he didn't run it on third. And what do you know? The punt team comes out. Like, yeah, it was constantly like that. And, I mean, the window of this team. And, well, let's stick with McVay because they – you're right. Great play designer. Great play Listen, designer. Listen, he's a top 10 coach in the NFL. Uh, but yeah. I um, think – but that's only because the bottom 22 are really shouldn't bad. even there's be coaching. Coaches. They shouldn't even be coaching. Like, that's why the I like Jason Garrett and them. Shit, dude, there's like better coaches there than half the NFL for real. I mean, really better coaches. I'm so, sure. Yeah, there's half, I mean – There's better coaches on this podcast than that. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> this is – so I think McFay, a very solid head coach. Did a great job resurrecting Rams. All that's – but this was a golden opportunity. They had the Saints piss it down their leg. They had the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick, if you got him a couple whiskey sours and and now that the season's over, he would laugh at the fact they won. They, they had no business winning the Super Bowl. They just capitalized on other teams' uh, – you know, losing games, the Chiefs, and now the the um, and now the Rams, right. the Rams. I mean, and for those of you who think, oh, this is just it's going to be great, which I love this. I love the Rams fans that came out of the woodwork. Out of it's always great Super Bowl week last week. But dude, you guys know like Roger Saffold, free agent, Dante Fowler, Nadama Kung Sue, Lamarcus Joyner. You're talking about like five starting players. Andrew Whitworth's 108 years old, and by the way. You're a year away from having to sign Jared Goff to a huge extension. Uh, you've already committed money Goff to Gurley. Gets Thirty-eight million. You've you've committed to Gurley. You've committed to Brandon Cooks. Whitworth is older than Dirt. John Sullivan's older than Dirt. Saffold's a free agent. There goes your offensive line. Sue is a free agent. There goes your middle of your off. You already have tons of money to Aaron Donald, <laughs> and you have low draft picks. Okay. Oh, and your oh your your defensive coordinator, who is one of the best in the wor- in the world, Ray Phillips. He's 102 years old. And you're, and you're in a division with the San Francisco 49ers, who look like they're about to start turning things around with the money they're going to be spending with Garoppolo and the draft healthy. Picks. With, yeah. with they started to look good at the end of the year, like they got a ton of picks in this upcoming draft. Seattle's always going to be viable, no matter what happens. You know, as long as Russell Wilson's there, you know, and Arizona can't get any worse. Right. So you're also in a division that's had a really down year, right? The Niners sure. in Arizona were complete free squares. Right. Like, that's four and wins Seattle right out there. Seattle got to the playoffs because of that. Right. And that was, that's it. They were complete. They were gifted four wins, both those teams, mm-hmm. by these teams being on a down year and playing. And that, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think both these teams are going to be on the upturn. And I agree with you, man. That Rams – I said the same thing about Cam Newton. Uh, when he went to the Super Bowl, remember yep. I was like, oh, "This yeah. was his only chance." Same, you and- will never see Cam in the Super Bowl again. This w- that was the year where they had the easiest schedule in the entire NFL. They ran into the perfect scenarios in the playoffs. They played dome teams on the road and at home in the cold. Like everything just fell the way. Like well, the seas parted, and then he got Manning, an injured Manning, in the Super Bowl, and still couldn't win it. Right, right. and that was McVay this year. 
Like, you ended up fucking having some of the luckiest wins I've ever seen in my entire life. We talked about it. Like, the big knock on McVay that me and you would say on the podcast every fucking week. McVay fucked that game up, and a fluke-tipped interception saved his ass. In Seattle, he shouldn't have won that game. In the Chiefs, it took six turnovers from Mahomes for him to win that game. Like, a lot of these wins that they – the games that they won – they had no fucking business winning, but something broke their way. It's like God had a had a fucking hand in their their activity. And then you saw it in the playoffs too. You know, you saw they had the perfect road. They got to play the Saint the Cowboys at home when the Cowboys Easy, suck man. on the road. Yeah. They played the Saints and they got every call at oh. the end of the game. They like, were down thirteen nothing. The and Saints then they should have ran away with the game. Right. They, they should have lost that game by twenty five, right? Yes. And then yes. in the Patriots, you're looking at the Super Bowl and you're like, this game's three nothing at the half. It's unbelievable. Like, the Patriots had outgained like them. Yeah, the, the, the Brady was terrible in this game. Gotskowski misses a field goal. Brady throws a pick in the red zone. Like, they, they can't capitalize on everything. They were getting outgained by, like, 170 yards, 180 yards at half, and it was 3 nothing. I'm yeah. like, this is just Destiny's team. And they still couldn't win it. Nope. And that's the thing. That's why what the Eagles did last year was so important. They, they know it. I told you, and every Eagles fan hates me, too, which is fine. But you won. You got a championship during your you window. Now you've got all destiny. kinds of problems with your quarterback, your aging defense, and head coach. All these things. Peterson's getting exposed a little bit. Exactly. So yep. l- listen to the previous Super Bowl losers. I mean, you had the Patriots last year, which obviously they come back. Ignore the Patriots and what I'm about to say. The Falcons, the Panthers, the Seahawks went away. The, uh, the Broncos went away. After that, the uh, uh, 49ers before that, the Patriots again lost, but that the Steelers never the came New York back Giants after that. when they beat the Patriots. The Indianapolis Colts have never been back after that. The Arizona Cardinals have never been back before that. The Patriots again, okay, that's fine. The Chicago Bears before that, never been back. You know, and it just keeps going. Super Bowl losers do not have a good track record. It's a very, very steep drop. The schedule gets harder. Salary cap. Everybody deserves gets more money because, hey, they did something. you got an old defense, old defensive coordinator. You've got a, a head coach that has been exposed. You've got a quarterback that now needs his money very, very soon. And you got a ton of money tied up in four key players. Good luck getting back in a very tough NFC the next three years. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a reality. It's just what it is. You know, like that. I am not a big believer in the Rams. I mean, you're talking about a team here who started the season just absolutely on fire, right? Like they looked like were they eight? No one could ever beat them. They were eight and zero or nine and zero or whatever it was yeah. to start the season. Then they ran into the Saints and they lost. Then they snuck out a victory against the Seahawks. They shouldn't have won. Snuck out a win against the Chiefs. They shouldn't have won. Beat up on the Lions. Lost to the Bears. Lost to the Eagles. Right? They were in complete freefall since Week Ten. Because if you flip that Chiefs game and flip that Seahawks game, which if anyone watched it, that was literally McVay lost both those games and they should have lost. Russell Wilson was at the 20 with a chance to win the game with a minute left and Mahomes had multiple chances to win the game. You take those two losses away and you t- turn those two wins into losses, you're talking about a team that lost five of their last six games heading into week 16. Yeah. And then yep. they played the Cardinals and the Niners. So they had two right. get-right teams, right? So yep. I'm not giving them credit for those wins. Well, even before that, the Lions they have one of those games. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah. like you're talking about a team here that really wasn't impressive. And the way I look at it, Jeff, my memory is fucking collapsing. I know the answer to this, but I can't remember. Who was the fucking coach of the Dolphins who instilled the Wildcat? I know who the fuck it is. I'm just I'm drawing a blank. That uh, instilled the Wildcat um, for geez. a whole year, and it worked. 
Um, it wasn't that. whoever the fuck it was, right? It was yeah. it was an it was an old white guy. But it wasn't um, Philbin was I, it? I'm just drawing a blank. Joe I'm drawing Philbin an from the uh, Philbin no, it wasn't was Philbin. there. From the uh, whoever it was, like we're both drawing a blank. But okay. anyway, you know Tony Sperano, 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 yeah, Sperano. So you know how that like he was a fucking genius for a year. Yeah, yeah everyone yeah, was yeah. like Tony totally. Sperano is the greatest coach. Look at this so shitty ass team. And then all of a sudden, a year later, it's like nothing works, and you have, we can't even remember his name six years later. Yeah, right? because like right, right now, and by we don't the way, even remember his name. And by the way, the la- that was the guy who won the AFC East back in '08, and mm-hmm. that was the year Tom Brady was hurt. And the they won they had won the exact same number of games that a Matt Castle led Patriots team won. They won the tiebreaker though, and they won the division. And the Patriots missed the fucking playoffs somehow. Mm-hmm. By winning 11 games, which is insane. But, I mean, like, that's that's what I look at with a lot of these analytics guys. But really, McVeigh, like, I have a funny feeling three years from now, we're going to be like, McVeigh's going to be on the chopping block. He's going to be literally in the same spot that, you know, a lot of these other sharp coaches that came in that were going to revolution. Jim Harbaugh, John Look at Adam Gase, dude. Remember the Dolphins hired Adam Gase, oh. and it was like, the fucking the Twitter blew up. Greatest hire in the history of the world. Well, and now Mike everyone Tomlin, hates him. Right. Like all these Hugh fucking Jackson guys. was once a sharp guy. Like yep. all this stuff, man. Yeah. They have their moments. Chuck Pagano with Colts. Remember that? Bruce Arians. Yep. yep. Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians was the smartest guy in the world. And like right, Tampa Bay is all excited about it. But dude, here in Arizona is like, they don't give a shit. Like, yeah, right. he, well, he fucked this franchise up. This franchise is in the hole for a couple of years, you know? So, I mean, it's one of those things, like the recency bias, and we just, when it's analytics-based, everyone assumes it's going to last. When it's gimmick-based, they say it isn't. And they're both the same. If you're doing the same thing over and over, you're running the same sets over and over, you're making the same mistakes over and over, you have to just accept that this is who he is. He, he chokes when the lights get bright. He's too analytical sometimes to coach and make great decisions under the gun in 40 seconds or less. Like, that's just what the scenario was. One of the problems, and Tony Romo was complimenting him on it, how they were waiting until the 15-second mark till they got out of the oh huddle to get to the line. And Romo was complimenting them. Oh and all, I didn't. it was a sharp call by Romo because I, I knew, but I forgot and didn't realize that the headsets do turn off in 15 seconds, right? Yeah, I know that, yeah. so, so, like, that reminded me. I was like, oh, you know what? That makes sense. But that's a negative. Yes, you got same. a fucking rookie quarterback. You have a <sighs> flow-based team. Going against a, an average defense. This isn't the fucking Ravens of fucking 2001. This isn't the Bears. Like, this is an average defense who's playing above its head. The key you need to focus on, if you run your system, if you run your plays right, you're going to gain yards on the, on the Patriots. Everyone has all year. But you have this baby of a quarterback who I said on the pod was going to shit his pants for the first half of the game. You need flow. You need momentum. You're bringing Goff up to the line with 13 seconds left on the play clock, 10 seconds left on the play clock, and he can't make any decisions. He can't audible. He's just got to run with the play. He's got pressure. Like, it was a terrible decision to do that, even though you turned Belichick's headset off. It just shows how overwhelmed and intimidated he was by Bill Belichick's Patriot defense that he changed his whole entire scheme when they should have been running no huddle. They should have been running hurry up. They should have been snapping out of the huddle and getting back onto the next play. I thought it was a huge mistake. If there was, thank you for saying this. I said on the series show earlier, it is the absolute moment where you knew 
Sean McVay didn't coach this game to win it. Sean McVay coached this to try to impress Bill Belichick. He was in awe. He was more worried about what adjustments Belichick would make than having any kind of confidence in his quarterback or his entire offense. That coach, Sean McVay, lost this game. He never had a chance. The fact that he was more worried about what kind of adjustments Belichick would make than just lining up and going, you're down a score. You're down two scores at this point. Go, go, go. All you have to do, you have two minutes. Go. You have to run. You have to mark. Right. He literally let the clock burn. There's like burn. six minutes left he in the game. He let the whole clock burn yep. because he didn't want Belichick making an adjustment. You're that scared of it? That's insane. This game was not over by any stretch. The game was never over. Get down the field. The game was never over. The Saints didn't do it against in the Super Bowl. Didn't do it against the Patriots. It just goes to show this guy was fanboying out way too much. Yep, I agree. I'm glad. I'm glad you agree with that because I thought I was. I thought I was going to be alone on that take. Nope. Um, Couple other takeaways from the Super Bowl. Now that we're off, I, I. Part of the reason I want to do this podcast so bad was just to brag about McVay. I just, I just love seeing these sharps on Twitter. I won't say their names just because they're not enemies of mine, but I could very easily call them out by name, and you probably know who they are. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, yes. predominant DFS people who were just screaming at McVay, calling him a fake sharp and a nit and this and that, who were the same people sucking the skin off his fucking dick three months ago when I was telling them, you know, he's Bitcoin. I remember making that exact statement. McVeigh is Bitcoin, and you guys yeah. don't realize it. So uh, glad we got that rant in. James White, ultimate run bad, maybe ultimate prop run bad in Super Bowl history, possibly. I, I don't know if you caught this, Jeff, because I don't know how much James White prop exposure you had. I know our Guru Elite subs and myself did. Zero percent. Uh, so you probably didn't even realize it. But you, you'll remember it when I say it, though. So James White had, like, one catch, right? He was pretty much non-existent for the first, like, couple drives right like it was it really wasn't there then when he came back in tom brady missed him on a three-foot screen pass you remember that right he threw the ball at his feet from like two feet away tom brady missed him on another screen pass which was three feet away then tom brady missed him on a quick out now the narrative during the game was look at brady's duck that he just threw without people realizing it was to james white right so i'm tilting already like this motherfucker should have four or five catches right now because his prop was like five and a half or whatever it was then he caught a pass, and we're like, yay, yeah, and it was an offensive penalty. Then he caught another pass, and it was offensive penalty. Like, James White really was had seven catches in that game, but he only ended with one. So he fucked me pretty hard on some pretty bad run bad there. But what was, uh, what was your take on the MVP vote here, Jeff? I mean, it was Edelman. There's a lot of controversy around Edelman. Really? One, the PEDs, obviously, which oh, everyone yeah. just magically forgot about and then magically brought up. Two... Did he deserve the MVP? Should he have gotten it? And then yeah. three, is he a Hall of Famer? I want to talk about these couple things. So give me your overall take so far. All right. First of all, I have a lot to digest here. One thing I want to say, because I want to brag myself. Yeah, I Scott, this, is, this is our chance. This, the DFS Twitter people are the worst. It is just fucking so enough. bad. I'm so done because listen to me. There's two things that happened I want to discuss real quick. One thing that, I mean, for one, I look around, I didn't see one of these fucks in Atlanta. I didn't see anybody there. I didn't right. see anybody hosting any event. I didn't see anybody at any event. Nobody, nobody was fucking there. I'm looking around for any fantasy. I'm like, no, there's not one motherfucker. 
All right, I don't see them at the Super Bowl. I don't see them at the Combine. I don't see them at the draft. I don't see them anywhere. So these fucking little Twitter opinions of yours don't matter because you, you're just not important. Get the fuck out. Let the big boys handle real opinions, okay? Number one. Number two, some of these motherfuckers, Tommy, I, we're doing a baseball draft during the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. There was an industry baseball draft during the Super Bowl <laughs> by people that try to sell you information about football. Are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> and listen, hey, go buy baseball stuff from them. Wonderful. But give me a break with your football bullshit because I don't believe a fucking word. You guys got to be careful. There are some. The only reason they try to have a football opinion is try to take your people's money. These guys are non-existent in the world, though. They're not real football fans. They don't know the game. They love Tony Romo because they're told to love Tony Romo. They love Sean McVay because they're told to love Sean McVay. That's all they are. And they have, oh, you can't down anybody. You can't like a guy and also criticize him, which is bullshit. You know who they are? Did you, did you see that swarm of reporters you know, just surge to – Tom Brady after the Super Bowl. Did you see right. like the 50 yeah. guys in the circle? They're the 46th person in line trying to suck on Tom Brady's dick. That's what they're trying. They're, the they're like, hey, I might get one soundbite out of Tom Brady that 50 other organizations already have. Why are you there? Why aren't you the first one interviewing Johnny fucking Hecker or somebody else? The punter. Exactly. Like, now, like, and the funny different. Thing, the funny she, thing about him, they literally, it, if, if someone they respect says something, it's fact. Yeah. Right? Like, so they have the, like, they have certain people in the DFS industry who are the known sharps, right? Like, I love that term, sharp. I went on a rant last week about how these guys talk about sharp bets. Anyone who bet the Patriots was a dumbass. The sharp money was all on the Rams. Really, motherfucker? Go look at my Twitter freebies over the last two weeks when I'm fucking putting shit out for fucking free, which you guys are making for. This is not a sharp bet. This is not a sharp. Where is your record? Let me see your bets, Mr. Sharp. Let me see what you're doing that's so fucking sharp. Let me see a track record of it. And, and they just, they think if, they, like if someone says it, it's sharp. Like, no, you're fucking stupid. You've been sucking McVay's dick. You, you fucking, and listen, if you bet the Rams and you lost, that's fine. But don't call Patriots betters idiots. Like, who the fuck are you? You're not sharp. Like, these are the same kids that were screaming, Jeff, during the game. I almost lost my shit. Like, I was drinking. And I was almost about to quote tweet this person and light them on fire, but I laid off it because it was Super Bowl and I was happy and I was in a good mood and I was having fun. But fourth and one, you should go for it, right? Analytically, yes. Me and Jeff agree. You should go for it more on fourth and one than you do. But uh, when the Patriots had fourth and one from the 50 in the third quarter and it was like a 3 nothing game and the Rams had 50 yards of total offense – and your punter is just in the zone. The Patriots punter was just pinning everything at the two-yard line. The almost became MVP. It was amazing. Right. Yes, you punt. I am Mr. Go-for-it on fourth and one. But there's exceptions where you have to throw the analytics away and look at the game and say, guess what? I'm winning this game with my defense. I'm punting here. And what do you know? They punted it to the two, and the Rams did nothing with it and punted it right back. They just fucking lean on this. This is what the math says, so this is what's right. And they have no idea how to fucking actually watch or analyze a football game. Tony Romo didn't tell them to, so they don't know. Right. They have no idea what to do. By the way, did you catch this at the end of the first half, Tommy? 
Why didn't the great Sean McVay going back to us? Why didn't he call a timeout? He had the, the, I, the with the kneel downs inside the one yard line. I, 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 I was so happy, but I was sitting there like, this is a fireable offense. Right, okay, like that's good. a fireable yeah. offense. If I'm a dude, GM. like you have two timeouts. Explain They're the scenario the for the people are that are taking a knee. You make them take that knee. At the very least, you get a shot at Brady. At the very least, you get to crack at him. You might as well. How do you just submit? You have them by the balls. They're on the half yard line, and you let them out. I, what I, are you doing? And I, I, I couldn't even imagine what I was watching because that's listen. There's a less than 1% chance there's a fumble. There's a less than 1% chance. It's probably a tenth of 1%, right? That Brady falls backwards. I'd say there's a 5% chance of something going wrong. Ah, Yeah, there is. But here's the point. They have two downs. Where are you going to go? You're at the half-yard line. Every, you know, every... Every kneel down is a minus right. one. It's, yeah. No, dude, yeah. And you're at the half-yard line, and you could run three plays. How are you not going to get into the goal line? And like I said, you're right. And here's Most the thing. It's not even about whether it's 5% or 1%. There's a chance. There's Take a no a risk. Yeah. There's a zero risk plus upside opportunity. You take that every time in life. Whenever you have an opportunity to risk nothing and win everything, you take it. You know what it's like, Tom? It's like, okay, so you, an action movie. Arnold Schwarzenegger or Slice the Lone or somebody. Remember that when the bad guy always, he has, he like, Rocky's about to be knocked out, and the guy holds his fist way up high and has to look him in the eye and gives that guy that chance. Right. And then what happens? Rocky comes in with an uppercut and knocks him out. You know what I mean? Like that, mo- yep. that hesitation that by the bad guy to let the good guy win. It's exactly what that was. It's like, oh, I got you, but ah, I'll just be cool. No, yeah. you have your opponent. That's what it was. It was, I don't want to be a dick. I don't want to. Yeah, that's all it was. You have your opponent dead to right. You have an advantage. Take it, no matter what. At least try. It's a three to nothing game. Your offense can't do anything. Do something. Here's the other thing. To that, try to spark your team. Here's another thing that people aren't realizing. There could have been a false start penalty. There could have been something like that, right? That sure. happens on the offense. Holding. And, Right, whatever it was, you know, something stupid, you know, an illegal shift or something, a false start probably because you're not shifting in a kneel-down situation. But a false start, someone jumps a little bit. All of a sudden, you could do what happened later in the game. Decline that penalty. Uh-huh. It stops the clock. the clock. You have two timeouts. Now you can force a punt, yeah. right? Because the, they kneeled it on first down on second. You call timeout. On second down, they have the false start. You don't have to use the timeout. Then it's third down. Now you're forcing a punt, which now you have maybe a – 15%, 20% opportunity of something going favorably. It just, I couldn't believe they were leaving two timeouts on the board and not making them snap it two more times. I, I, I literally just – and they immediately panned to Sean McVay, and you see him just jogging off all cool. You know that was totally a cool boy move. 100%. Such a such – a, I'm so glad you brought that up. That was yeah. – uh, I knew what you were going to say before you even said it. It, was, it drove me absolutely bananas, and it's, it's just right there – one of the many times that we just realized that, you know, look into Sean McVay's soul and realize, all right, this dude doesn't have the sack to win a Super Bowl. You know, he just doesn't have, he was so happy to be there that he couldn't capitalize on it. A like real, uh, Pete Carroll, and, and I'm not saying Pete Carroll's a great coach, but I'm just picking a personality. A Pete Carroll, a Sean Payton, someone like that would have intentionally called timeout and stared right at Belichick while they did it. Like, you know what, bitch? Listen. We're going to make you snap this, motherfucker. Like, just for the mental side of it. You know, like, just yep, time out. There we go. Snap it again. Yep, time out. Snap it again. 
Like, it was fanboy. It was total fanboy. You're right. But what about Edelman? We were going to talk about Edelman. Now. Yeah, quick. I, sorry, I took you down the rabbit hole. No, no, no. We, there, there's me. no time limit here. Let's just yeah, no, which, which is what I love. Too. I had to yeah. get that off my chest because yeah. I'm so sick of these people pretending they're fucking football analysts and pretending they're this. They don't know a fucking thing. They're more into baseball, which is great, than fucking new baseball. Get the fuck out of our area. Um, Edelman's not a Hall of Famer now. No, no chance. I mean, guys, here's the deal. Okay, is it just about Super Bowls? Because the, if it's just about Super Bowls, fine, we'll play that game. And all of the Patriots for the last six years get in because they've gone to every Super Bowl almost. I mean, that's just all of these guys get in. Edelman, his numbers aren't close. They're not close to the Hall of Fame. Wes Welker was more productive in a brief stretch. He's not close to the Hall of Fame yet. So I understand he's got a Super Bowl MVP, and that's wonderful. And he's been very productive. But you, you, you can't compare him to Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, A.J. Green. It's not close. It's, it's, he's not putting up those type of numbers. We forget that this dude missed an entire season, which takes him back as well. I don't think it's close. I think he's a very valuable player and a great asset for the Patriots and all that kind of shit. Hall of Fame? Bro. Like, Bro. My take on it is, one... I, I, I'm like, guys, he's not done. Like, he's literally in his prime. 33, yeah. Now, age-wise, he looks old. Keep in mind, this guy had 50 receptions in his first four or five years in the NFL. He did nothing. He's he had didn't one even year play. of receptions, dude. He didn't even play. He was a part-time player for the first four or five years when they had Welker in them there, right? Yeah. So he's only played four or five seasons, like, as a full-time player. So he's still healthy. He looks healthy. He's active. He doesn't look like he's slowing down a bit. He had, you know, one of the better seasons of his career, even with a four-game suspension. So, first of all, the narrative's not out. The, the stats aren't done yet, right? If if he could play another four or five years, which would be late to be playing at 36 as a wide receiver, but when he really had four years off in his first four years because he wasn't he was sitting on the bench most of the time, you know, you figure he's a very young 32. So let's give him another four years of 1,000-yard seasons, right? If he put up four more years of 1,000-yard seasons, Brady says he wants to play till he's 45. Let's say that happens. And he puts up four more years, Jeff, of 88 catches and 1,000 yards and six touchdowns each year and gets another Super Bowl ring somehow or at least has some great playoffs, then do you consider him if he gets to 10,000 receiving yards? If he gets to 10,000 receiving yards. Because he's at like 5,400 right now. So if he did four more years of, you know, 1,000 or five, and then, then a 700-yard year before he retired. Yeah, and. If, if he gets I, to 10,050, he's in. If I correctly predict every NFL game next year, I'll be the greatest handicapper. Oh, but I, I know, like, but yeah, I'm just I, saying. Dude, no. That's the real no. debate. I don't know why we're having this debate right now. He's not retiring. It's, but. He's got plenty of time. He dude, should. He's not a Hall of Famer right now. Randall no. Cobb has more receiving yards than him. Randall Cobb's played two less seasons. That, I get I mean, it. Just, He's just got forty percent of Juju Smith Schuster. Juju Smith Schuster already has forty percent of his career numbers in like two years. I get it. Year. Brandon LaFell has more numbers. He's played one it. less season. But if, I mean, if that's so, not, we're in agreement. We're in agreement that okay, as good. of right now, he's not a Hall of Famer. Right. Is he but on my the pace, po- like, dude. My point is, if he has. Four or five more productive years is. So let me speak to your point because I I skipped over it because I'm so angry about just the conversation. But to your point, (laughs) here's why I don't. I still say no to your question. It's because I don't think Belichick and Brady last another four or five years. Right. There's just no way Brady's playing. I think Belichick's out before Brady. 
I think no, Belichick she, leaves within two years. I think they probably leave together. Belichick, I don't know. I, I think that's over. I think uh, that Belichick-Brady love affair kind of ended with Garoppolo. And I think Belichick ends his career with the Giants and wins the Super Bowl there. I know. And you, then you said that before. Well, that would be amazing. I don't think that'll happen. But maybe. I don't know. Not while his son is going to be head coach of the Patriots. But isn't that more of a reason to get the fuck out early if you think your son's going to take the reins immediately? Like, wouldn't you want to get out now? You wouldn't go to another team. You would just not coach anymore. You um, move up to the front. I, I don't know. If you're going to the other conference, so you're really the only way that you would meet is in the Super Bowl. And wouldn't that be the greatest storyline ever? Wouldn't you love to play no. your son in the Super Bowl, right? Like, if you, you wouldn't go to your son's division. You wouldn't go to your son's conference. But if you can go to the other conference and, like, just imagine, you have kids. Like, yeah. imagine you can go play your son. You're on your way out. Your son's coming up, and you guys are playing in the Super that's, that's every father's dream. To play or beat to your son? To play your son in the Super Bowl? Like, no. That's, like, got to be the greatest thing in the world. May, no, I still think you would rather just be on the same side. You wouldn't want to well, go. Well, yeah, but if you can't, right? Like, you've already but, done that. You've already yeah. done that. You want to Super the way, Bowl with your son. By the way, Jabbar Gaffney, more career receiving yards than Julian Edelman. Just, I, just, I mean, I'm just keeping looking at names. And it's just I agree. Hilarious. I mean, listen, but people need to take into consideration that this guy's played four and a half years. Which is exactly That's the point. It. Right, well, but, uh, which, I, which so, I'm saying. I agree so, with yeah, you. Yeah, I don't think – so, no. I am 1,000% – that Tom Brady, there's no way Tom Brady plays another four years. No chance. I mean, no chance. This guy can't throw a football. And I know he won the Super Bowl. I get all of the questions to the contrary. And for a year, just like last year, like I have the same debate. Every year there's something. Andrew Luck, oh, he's not throwing a football. He's not going to be good. I'll just, I'll just stay where I'm at. I'll, I'll look everybody right in the fucking face and say, yep, he'll be fine. And I'll smile like that kid in the MAGA hat, and I'll just sit there with a big smirk, and I'll be wrong for a year, and then eventually I'll be right. You're not gonna. Players don't last to 45. It doesn't happen. And like you, you and your fucking hip are a good example, dude. Right. Two, three years ago, you and I were fucking. We we're playing fucking pickup basketball yep. at these events and baseball. And all now this I shit. can't tie my right shoe. And now we can't tie your right shoe. <laughs> I really can't happens. tie my right shoe. I don't know why. I wish it didn't. God love everybody, Listen. but trust me that it hits you like a brick shit house. And I and saw Belichick it this year. saw it. Belichick. Yeah. The reason Belichick yeah. was literally at war with Kraft was because he was screaming, "We have to trade Brady and not Garoppolo." Like Belichick has seen it. He, what, what do you think? You think his love child? He wanted to turn his back on his love child? No, he saw Garoppolo. And he saw Brady's decline before we saw it. This year, we actually got to see it. But Belichick saw it a year or two early. And he said, bro, we need Garoppolo. Like, the writing's on the wall. The problem is right now, they had a pretty they had a pretty Moses-like path too, right? Like, things just sure. started working out for them. And they got good matchups. They got big wins at certain times. And yeah. then, you know, they could have easily lost that game last night like they, they should have lost the they Chiefs, should have if they play the saints last night they probably lose that game by 15 yeah right the way they played even but, though the saints fucked around too but still yeah i totally agree the Chiefs should have beat them i mean yeah. that was it was supposed to be the chiefs were supposed to win that game and another andy reed has been the classic example think about that andy reed was once the sean mcveigh he came to philadelphia and resurrected that team and like un- like unbelievable. It was like holy cow! It's Bill Walsh's protege and yada yada. Mike Holmgren's guy and all this shit. And he was the guy. But what happened? 
never could win that game. He just couldn't quite get there, and he got there once and got waxed, and he's had the teams, and he's built it. He's done, he's a very, very good coach. But you look at Andy Reid now, and he's everyone's like, okay, yeah, he's a great, he's a very good coach, but yeah. he ain't changing the game anymore for anybody. Nobody's scared of Andy Reid necessarily, especially yeah. come playoff time, because he can't get it done. And that's what we're looking at with McVeigh. He's on that track. Wonderkin one minute, laughing stock another. And if he's not careful, and if he doesn't plow through this and make better decisions with his personnel and, and trust his quarterback more and stop being a fanboy and take this take the big games more seriously and come up with better game plans, he's gonna be Andy Reid more than he's gonna be Bill Walsh or Bill Bell. Yes, I agree with that hundred percent. This it's fair to say, um, I don't even think it's close. This is not only the worst Patriots team to ever win the Super Bowl. Um, it's one of the worst teams to ever win the Super Bowl. I, I, I will literally go that far to say that you're looking at a team who most of this year had Gronk as a non-factor. Edelman was their number one player. Forget about wide receiver. Brady has been throwing ducks the whole entire season. They had a mediocre defense, and they really relied on their running game. Like What won them the Super Bowl and what got them the – the buy and all that was basically, you know, Sonny Michelle, James White, you know, this cast of characters they had in the backfield all year that, that really were, were masking the fact that Brady couldn't reach 15 yards down the field. They had Josh Gordon disappear. This is a very average Patriots team. And some people will say, well, they're better than the Trent Dilfer Ravens. They're better than the Eli Manning Giants. Yeah, I was going to say, Giant, but, those but Giants. But at least those teams The Giants had, 17, like Super Bowl 42, them versus this Patriots team. But the, the, at least those teams had <laughs> generational defenses. Like you can say, okay, Giants yeah, though. Giants were fantastic defense, fantastic really? and yes, fantastic. They were. That. that was one of the better defenses, pass rush wise, that that I've seen in a long time. You know, and that's how they were able to beat the Patriots because they were the only team that can get a hand on them um, over and Name over. Name me one person from that defense. Dude, you're asking. You're now you're know, quizzing yeah. my memory over I, I, over facts. That's I cheating. It's because I could name zero people. Yeah, that's, and then I'm I like, that's cheating. Michael Strahan. <laughs> yeah, that's all I know from that. It's yeah, like, but okay. I, they were a fantastic defense. That's what they won with. You know? like they were okay. But I mean, this Patriots team is not the worst. You know, I'll still put them ahead of those Giants teams. I'll put them ahead of that Ravens team, uh, which funny. did have one of the best defenses in history. But this was a this was an above average team that just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? It definitely, like, this yeah. wasn't a great team. You know it was what the worst does, Patriots team. It, what it does is it's, it's a cherry on top of why coaching means everything. It's just they, they are just polished. It, it's not the, it's like uh it, it's like Mayweather. It's like is he the best boxer? Well, I mean you you definitely could argue because he's just stick and move, stick and move and dances and and he does it better than anybody. But if you had Tyson as prime coming in boom 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 and you're <laughs> You know, here's Tyson's the thing. Here's, the, here's the example. You have the well, I mean, Tyson's in a totally different weight class. But yes, here's here's Tyson. the example. You had the example right. You just you just trained off. Is yeah. Mayweather the best boxer ever? Everyone will say yes. But how did Mayweather become the best boxer ever? By learning to take advantage of the scoring system. He yes. never tried to knock people out. He knew that the scoring system was flawed. Right? It's a ten eight ten nine scoring system, and all you needed to do was win rounds. You didn't need to go beat the shit out of the other guy. You didn't know. You just needed to go do enough to win round one. Do enough to win round two. And then what else did he do? He dodged opponents his whole career. He didn't fight Pacquiao in his prime. He didn't fight this guy in his prime. He waited until they were past their prime to take the fights with him when he knew he could win it. So, so is he the best fighter of all time? I mean, everyone's going to say yes. But 
if he would have had that Rocky mentality of let's go to war when he got in the ring and let's fight anyone anytime, he'd have three losses right now. So, so yeah, your analogy is perfect because yeah. he coached and managed and had the right management team around him to which manage is, himself to a perfect record. Which is what this Patriots team did. Which is what the Patriots team did. Just did. This is Belichick's. Like anyone who says, I've been in these arguments, Jeff, who was more important, Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? Where's your side? To the oh, Patriots my dynasty. God. It's not even close. It's not even. I'm assuming Belichick. you're on my side. It's Belichick, and it's not. I it's mean, not a discussion. Listen, I – and uh, by the way, like you and I have done this before. Like the Brady – I have always said my lifetime, Peyton Manning is the greatest quarterback of all time, and I have my reasoning. Now, I have been on that for a long time. I am no longer willing to engage in that conversation because I still think Manning's better, but I can't – there is no argument. Brady has done – he is so successful. He has done everything he's needed to do. I have – there's zero – Against Tom Brady. I have nothing against him. But I, I do know for a fact, and I'm, I will put my life on it, that if he isn't, if, if Drew Bledsoe doesn't go down, and he isn't with Bill Belichick all these years, there's no way. I don't know if he goes to a Super Bowl, let alone wins all this. And I think he, whoever Bill Belichick would have had, whether it was Drew Bledsoe or a quarterback X, he would have molded. Whoever it was, Brian Coyle, and fucking Brian Hoyer, and Matt Castle, and Jimmy Garoppolo, any one of them is Tom, is maybe not as polished as Tom Brady, but has seen a lot of Super Bowls. Dude, if These you want to see what Tom Brady is without Belichick, go watch any time they played the Giants. That's who Tom Brady is. That's a like if the Giants know the script on Brady. Rush him, rush him, rush him. Attack yeah. him, pressure. get pressure on him, and he collapses. He falls apart. He can't move. Like, the guy literally can't move side to side or in the pocket. His, right. He just can't move. It's all based on the scheme, having that right. perfect system that's and built around. He's great in that system. If you Dude. take him out of that system and put him on the Detroit Lions or put him on – he's trash. He's yeah. Matt Stafford. You know, he's a good quarterback who you're going to say is good, but the team is trash. The team, he's, not, he's not taking a team to the promised land. If the Jets pra- traded for Tom Brady next year, they're finishing with seven wins. Two like, Super Bowl wins in his first five years. The numbers, 2,800 yards, 3,700, 3,600, 3,600, 4,100, 3,500. That is all. That's Tom Brady's numbers with 18, 28, 23, 28, 26, 24 touchdowns. these days is were you. He was not a draft. He was not a QB one ever. Even though he was successful, even though the Patriots were great during a lot of those that time, he was not. What happened in two thousand six, late two thousand seven? Josh McDaniels came to town. They decided with Bill Belichick to invoke a spread offense. They started playing four, five wide receivers, utilizing the slot, utilizing the middle of the field. They revolutionized the game of football. 4,800 yards, 43, 39, 52, 48, 43, 41, 47, 35, 45, 43. Every year, and it was 36, 39, 34, 36, 33, 36, 30, 28, 33, 29, 50 touchdowns all the way back to 2007. McDaniels revolutionized that offense, and he elevated Tom Brady's career to a level that was just insane. They were good before it, but it wasn't because of Tom Brady. The, so, I mean, it's, the, it's open and shut case to me. The mic drop here is that, I mean, Bledsoe was a stud before Brady got there. Right, 
Brady came yes. in and, and took over. But they were doing great with Bledsoe. Sure were. The year that fucking Tom Brady missed, Matt Castle looked like a fucking star. Like Matt Castle, Matt Same Castle this year. took this team into the playoffs with, with double-digit wins. Well, he well, went no. to Here's another the thing. They didn't make the playoffs. Why? Because oh, no, you were just talking about that because of a tiebreaker. Indianapolis team, and you had a twelve or twelve win. That was the team. weird year, right? That it was, was the, the weird weirdest year. year in the history of sports. It was the it was the stars and, and scrubs and year where like every team had two wins or thirteen, right? Yeah, exactly. But AFC I mean, Matt West Castle had eleven wins on the fucking Patriots, right? Yep. Jacoby Brissett was landing a huge contract because he in the preseason in his limited time yes. looked like a fucking star. Brian Garoppolo. Hoyer landed a contract elsewhere. Uh, who was he? Jimmy Garoppolo. People were talking about get rid of Brady for Garoppolo. Garoppolo went to San Fran, had a good few games last year in a short stint, and looked like dog shit to start this year before he got hurt. Like, literally anyone who has touched the fucking field in New England at the quarterback position over the last 10 years has looked amazing. Yes. Right? Yes, and we found out man. that Jacoby Brissett is shit. Ryan Mallett is shit. Matt Castle is shit. Hoyer is shit. And Garoppolo, the jury's still out. I do think he could be good. But the beginning of this year, he looked like complete shit, right? So, like, yeah, no, it's, it's literally it's the Brady system. You put, you put an average quarterback into McDaniels and Belichick's system, and they're going to look like Nick Foles does in Philly. It's going to look like you could take Nick Foles and put him in there and – Patriots would have won the Super Bowl this year, right? Like, he's not, he's not amazing. But uh, anyway, the Edelman thing, the last thing on the Edelman thing, Jeff, um, how come in baseball, if you get caught doing PEDs, and I know the answer, but, like, shouldn't it be, like, you know, like you're banned from the Hall of Fame, but people are saying Edelman should be in the Hall of Fame. Like, he got caught with PEDs this Uh-oh. year. It's not even, Uh-oh. like, 10 years ago. It's this year. Barry Bonds can't go in. Sammy Sosa can't go in. All these guys can't go in. But Edelman this year, like literally 12 weeks ago, wasn't playing – or 18 weeks ago, wasn't playing because of a suspension. And the same beat writers and reporters who are saying that Bonds shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame are saying that Edelman should. <laughs> Dude, this is – Like, oh God. what do you mean? It's one of those things where I'm so pissed. That it's just you and I. I I really wish there was somebody else on the show that was saying, "Well, you know, uh, I think I don't." It's different in football because I want somebody to argue for it because it's so not close, and it just drives me fucking. It's a physical game, so we don't take it as serious. It's against the rules. It's against the rules. You broke the rules in either sport. Like you said, I mean, other sport. You're you're not even the greatest player of all time. Barry Bonds isn't in the Hall of Fame of his sport because of alleged. Right. Not any, no, any, right, right. zero yes. fail right. tests. Zero fail tests. Not one. Edelman has what? Does he have one or two? I, I think. I, well, I mean, when you get suspended, you could assume there was another one, you know, somewhere in there. But there yeah. was. A, I mean, I think you it's don't just know. One. So at least one. one. Okay. I mean, good God. <laughs> like I said, Jabbar Gaffney has more receiving yards than him in his career. So I don't think this is close. Uh, hey, here's one. What about Deion Branch? Remember Deion Branch? Yeah. He was also Super Bowl MVP. Also a guy that. You know, was highly thought of in New England back in the, in the day. Playoffs. Got a huge contract in Seattle. Was the Super Bowl MVP. He went to Seattle did nothing. Right? Didn't he come back to New England and back? To yeah, he Seattle? went back. Didn't to he New bounce? Like, yeah, yeah. Didn't he bounced around between those two. But 
Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's a guy who – hold on, I'm just pulling up his numbers right now. Yeah, he's got 6,700 yards, more touchdowns. More, more than Edelman. And, but that's what I'm saying. I, I think that side – like, the only time I'll go against you on the Edelman thing is that you're talking about a guy who played 10 seasons as a starter compared to a guy who's only played five seasons as a starter. So as much as I'll go against you on that, it's really for you because the counter-argument is yes. you're talking about a guy who's only had five productive years. Yeah. You know, like you're talking about putting him in the Hall of Fame. Like he was a bench player for half his career. So, so yeah, I, my stance on it is if you're going to keep all these baseball players out, we shouldn't even have a Hall of Fame discussion because he did PEDs, you're, you're banned. You're out. You can't make the Hall of Fame. Like that's it. Like you could have a great career. You can win 100 Super Bowls. Can't make the Hall of Fame. Or if Edelman gets in, then we got to let all the baseball players in. It's got to be one way or the other. And two, give him another four or five years. Let's see what he does on the back half of his career before we make a Hall of Fame assessment on him. Um, but yeah, I think we're on the same side that as of right now, uh, worst commercials and halftime show in Super Bowl Ooh. history. What do you think? Holy shit. Yeah. How about fucking, <laughs> how about fucking Budweiser doing the apps that literally pissing $5.3 million away in advertising, telling you not to drink Miller Lite or Coors because there's corn syrup. I looked around <laughs> and my father-in-law was drinking Miller Lite. My brother was drinking Coors. I go, Hey guys, corn syrup. Can't drink it. They're like, that's it? They, I mean, both of them were like, I thought there was like cat shit or like something. Radioactive, like radioactive. Like, yeah, they like, could have said rat poison was in there. They'd be like, ah, fuck, I like the taste, man. I don't right. know. I've been drinking it for 20 years. Who's Nobody's the- changing their mind in beer for corn syrup, you fucking idiots. You, uh, yeah, the beer, the Miller Lite Coors drinking fucking MLB model crowd, Rob, yeah. fucking sits and drinks cans of Coors Light. Believe it or not, shockingly, they're not health conscious. They really don't give a fuck. No one's drinking canned Coors Light who's a vegan. <laughs> like, you know, if you're drinking yeah. canned Coors Light, you're basically eating, like, you're roasting pigeon and fucking barbecuing snakes. Like, you're you're not caring about fucking corn sigum. You're smoking a pack of fucking Marlboro Reds, and you're drinking your canned Coors Light as you fuck your cousin in the ass and fucking eat a raccoon on the grill. Like... <laughs> They're not worried about corn Dude, syrup. Dude, stop. That was, that was Rob's weekend, man. Right, that's why. That's how I just recited it. He just texted me. That's what he did this weekend. But, yeah, that's that's funny. Um, corn syrup. Like, really? But That like, was oh, the thing. I, I, I'm still That was your pet peeve? That was your that, big. Oh, that? And then how about T-Mobile giving away? Like, T-Mobile's big thing was, you know what? We're, the, you know, we're behind Verizon and Sprint and everything. You know what our secret is? Let's give away tacos. Yeah. <laughs> Taco Tuesday. <laughs> I go, I exclusively, when I'm shopping my mobile provider, I'm looking for unlimited data and Taco Tuesday. That's right. all I'm looking for. Like, wow. <laughs> and then they backed it up with, hey, guess what? If you sign up now, you get a free Lyft ticket. Like, they can't even do Uber. It's got to be Lyft. It's like, wow. <laughs> this is how, flo- and you spent money on a Super Bowl to promote, you're going to have a deal, you get a free taco at Taco Bell or a, and or a Lyft ride. <laughs> Oh Dude. my God! Super Bowl commercials. It was I, hilarious. So those are my two takeaways. If there was ever a year where we needed good Super Bowl commercials, this was the year, right? Like this is the year where we were like, there was multiple times in this game where I was praying for it to go to commercial. And yeah, me too. I, I'm not like I know people say that and stuff, but we oh. really were. Like the public was really like, oh my God, save us commercial. You know, like. And the commercials were worse than a game. And then it was like, I forgot who was playing the halftime. You know, obviously, we, me and Rob talked about it on the pod last week. But I kind of forgot 
that it was Maroon 5 for a minute. I was like, all right, at least you got halftime. Oh, Maroon 5, fucking A. Are you kidding me? Like, now, like this just gets worse. It's like a nightmare that won't end. We got a game that's fucking terrible. We got commercials that are even worse. And now we got fucking Adam Levine. Like, come on, dude. Like, don't do this to me. And that was an atrocity, that halftime performance. Like, it was, it was dude, so bad. Did you bad. see the dude fell off stage? No, that was Travis bullshit. Scott that fell off bullshit. stage. That was bullshit. That was bullshit. Oh, that's, really? Yeah, that was a tweet that went around. He fell off stage at a concert a while back. I'm pretty oh, sure. Damn. I don't think it was from the Super Bowl. I think that was old as fuck. Oh, but um, I did see it and jump on it, too. I was about to tweet about it. Then I was like, let me dig a little. Um, okay. I just but, uh, with what I find. Yeah, <laughs> like, I also do three hours of radio a day, so I don't have much time to scour and research. Zero to, investigating. Like I do, yeah. But, um, but yeah, one of the, my favorite tweets was actually from, uh, I think it's Dov Kleinman is his name. Uh, who actually had one of the worst tweets, too, that I quote tweeted saying how bad it was, but he followed it up with the best one. When they showed the halftime commercial, when they had all the NFL players right before the halftime, right, the Super Bowl, the uh, you know the commercial I'm talking about. The Verizon one with the... Uh, no, the NFL-sponsored commercial that was two minutes long with Jim Brown and Brady. and. Uh, uh, Br- uh, did you see that one, Dad? Oh, you might have been taking a shit. It was right before I did, halftime. but I took one of my patented halftime shits during that. Right. So in the commercial, Todd Gurley, I took a huge shit in halftime. Everyone's like, are you watching the halftime show? I'm like, no, I'm taking a shit. Like, this is yeah. when you take your, your fucking pretzel and, and beer shit. Like, yeah. But, um, but yeah, they had a halftime commercial where Todd Gurley was in it, and he, you know, he got the ball, and he ran for like five yards and flipped the ball to another old-timer. Yeah, and ball, and the, the tweet was that uh, Todd Gurley ran for more yards in this commercial than he has in the game. <laughs> So that oh, was that was very well done by him. But um, that was very well done. where do you rank this before we get off the Super Bowl talking? Everyone's saying worst Super Bowl ever. And I'm laughing going, that's the dumbest statement I've ever heard. But where do you where do you laugh? Where do you oh, do you think I, I'm wrong? Uh, no, I, I agree, I think. I can't think of a worse Super Bowl off the top of my head. Now there was the Stan Humphreys Super Bowl when San Diego made it in the nineties that was just like a joke. Um, was that the 49ers when they waxed in like 54 to 10 or whatever it was? Uh, I'm off the top of my head, dude. I'll be honest. It, it, I didn't like the giants Patriots previous one when it was so low scoring and it was like 17 total points or whatever, but at least you had the whole irony, of the great finish with David Tyree. And it was a, you know, the unbeaten team and the 72 dolphins angle. So at least there was something to that game. Honest, no, I think this is the worst Super Bowl of I my life. Totally I totally disagree. I respect your opinion. Can I say why? Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. I'll let, you, I'll let you say it before I do. I respect your opinion, mm-hmm. and we can argue this, but you're wrong. So go. Tell me why. Tell me what I'm going to say. Well, yeah. That's the only that's reason the you're saying that. You right. So, well, of, I'll say money's part of it. Okay? son of a bitch fucking the money's liar. Part you want a lot of money? A lot, lot of money, and I love it that you did, but fucking do. Come on. This was terrible. Listen, first of all, first of all, okay, let's talk about the money front. Why this was not the worst Super Bowl ever. You and me have said the whole year that the NFL does not exist without gambling and fantasy. Yeah, right. true. true. Maybe it exists, but it's it's hockey. It's the NHL. It's hockey. Right, all right. So gambling and fantasy are the number one thing. We're going to take fantasy out because no one's really playing fantasy during a Super Bowl unless you're playing a showdown sleep. Was there a moment in this whole entire game from start to finish to 18 seconds from the beginning where Rams plus three or Patriots minus three was not scared? Was not scared. Was there a moment? No. 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 All right. Just, just, I know you want to argue back. Just let me, let me get it out. 
Okay. There was I, I will no play your moment game because you've you've entertained even my stuff. after the fucking Patriots no, kicked no the moment. field goal, you still thought, oh well, Goff could backdoor this and fucking cover, right? And, and then we push it. So being that it's the most gambled on event in the history of the fucking world, the Super Bowl every year is the most gambled on event, and being on the line being three, and it was a low scoring shitty game. Neither side was comfortable. So if you are a gambler, which everyone bet on this game, as much as the game sucked, you were shitting your pants for three hours. Therefore, making it can't be the worst Super Bowl. Second of all, I remember watching just four or five years ago the Seattle Seahawks, Denver Broncos, which ended fucking Ooh. like 45 to 7 or whatever the fuck the score stunning was in that Super game. Super Bowl, yeah, stunning. It was the worst Super Bowl ever because literally in the second quarter it was over. I remember the Tampa Bay-Oakland Super Bowl back in the day where at halftime it was done. Like Gruden knew the plays on the other side, right? So there's a lot. I would much rather watch a 3-3 game in the fucking third quarter than 45-7. to So was it one of the worst Super Bowls ever? 100%. It's probably bottom five. But was it the worst? Zero percent chance. Gamblers fucking sweat the whole thing out. Whether you're a fan of both teams, you didn't know what the outcome was going to be until the end, which is really what we want. We'd rather have a great ending than a great start. And it's much better than a blowout where you were basically not even watching the game by the third quarter. The uh, I think you're overestimating. I agreed with how much is gambled, but most people do not bet any kind of sizable amount on this game. They're they're just the degenerates like yourself. And no, there's just not. There's not. This is my biggest bet of probably the last three years. Right. Every Super Bowl every year is my biggest bet of the year. It's it's five figures. Right, but that's you. Nobody listening. Nobody. Well, okay, wait. (laughs) Forgot where I was. Be careful. Be careful. Uh, (laughs) The elite mafia is listening. Yeah, but elite mafia can pretend all that they want to. I want to see your bets. I guarantee there's not a four-figure. There's. A handful of four. Well, let's put it bets. this way. Here's where I'll give you. I know that. Here's where I'll give you a little thing. Mm-hmm. I think you're wrong on the most money bet. I I will bet any amount of money on that. That you're wrong. That the because you have people who've never bet, who only bet the Super Bowl. Right. right? No. So, no. And I agree with but, that. But here's the thing: the money is spread out. Right. Like a lot of these people have a thousand dollars in play on the Super Bowl, where they usually only have two hundred, three hundred on a Dude. weekend. But they'll have $50 on the coin toss, $40 on this over, $20 in a box pool, 30 no. So, So, yeah, maybe they only have 100 or 150 Dude, on the game. You're way itself. overestimating. There's no way. No. Nobody has $1,000 in play. Yeah. Uh, dude, nobody. Dude. I mean, so I know few girls who had $1,000 in this game. Dude, you they had, in, they had $300 in box pools. They had $500. Guys, like, tweet us girl. at No Mercy Pod, yes. at Jeff you're underscore wrong. Vans, you're at Tommy wrong. G. And I don't want to hear your bullshit. Don't I want to see. I want to see a mount bet. No, 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 no. Forget all that. They don't need to are they betting four Listen, figures? here's what I want to know. No like, just, just we'll we'll post a poll from yeah. maybe No Mercy, so no, it's not no from poll. mine or your. No, post. I'm not playing your game, Tommy G. What do you mean? No, I want to see a screenshot of no. Their, their they're bets. not going to make people show screenshots of their week. Just 17 the amount bet. wagered. Why don't you? Yeah, make sure you put your social security number on it too. Yeah, like, well, that's no. Not, see, I know the trick. No, here's the trick. You're going to put a poll. Everybody's going to pretend the like question. they have so much because it's a to simple them, question. Eighty-five dollars is like two million, like to them, because we know this. Well, here's it's the question: just not the truth, like, Jeff. The question is: thousands. Did dollars. you bet more on the Super Bowl than you did your favorite game in Week Twelve? Right, like that's 
different. Is that what you're saying or no? Like, no, not, I'm not saying that. Uh, okay, enough, did no, you bet more on the Super Bowl than you did the whole Sunday of Week 12? Did you, no? Did you bet over a thousand dollars? No, no, that's that's not relative. Oh, because, see, there no, we no, go. No, 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 because no, because people did. But here's my point. My point is that but this not is most, the most it. heavily bet day for everybody. So if you normally bet fifty, and this Super Bowl Sunday you bet a hundred, yes. you just two x the amount that you bet. So this sure. is a huge bet for you. But if you lose a hundred dollars, it's not like worth. No, not that's not true for someone who only ha- makes twenty grand a year. Losing $150 is probably tremendous for them. It's a big loss, but they're not, they're not saying it's a better or worse Super Bowl because of it. They're not sweating but only that angle. People would agree. be entertained. The, the more money you have on the game based on your personal wealth, right? So mm-hmm. me having twenty grand on it, you having – now, yours isn't a wealth situation. You just don't bet as much as I do. You mm-hmm. maybe having five grand on it or 2000 on it or 1000 on it. How much do you think I bet on the game? A hundred bucks. No, nah, I bet more than that. But okay, yeah, yeah I don't. I think I was crazy. This is your. I probably bet. I don't know. I bet more in the past. You're about to prove my point here, aren't you? I think <laughs> I bet maybe, maybe six hundred. I think it's more around five hundred, probably. And what would you? What did you bet last round? Last Super Bowl? No, last round of the playoffs. Oh, like two hundred. So you just proved my point. You three no, extra bet but, size on a Super Bowl. But again, Bowl. but I will disprove your point here. It literally never even came into my consciousness how much money I had Because you're rich on the game. betting $600. That's what? rare. You make, yes, my, it, you make Tommy G money it didn't mean betting I think regular the Super Bowl was better size. or worse because of it. Like but My it, whole day didn't ride on what, whether or not I was going to win But it does for other bet. people who are gambling. You're not a gambler, Jeff. You're a rich person who plays... Below his means. Like, you're a person who makes Tommy G money and bets like a, a, a 40K a year guy. Yes. Like, that's the thing. You don't have Tommy G betting tendencies. Most people who make my money and gamble are betting five, six figures on but, a but game. But you're, you are rarer than you are I the, am. No, I am I'm the not. I'm a you're degenerate the gambler. There's, there's 22,000 of us at GuruElite.com. They're little I, Tommy G clones, little they're, degenerate they're, assholes. because they fake it. They try to pretend they're right, you, but, it's fun but they're to be really like me. <laughs> they're all me, but they're they want to be you, no just like I'm me and want to be you. Like, it's the same <laughs> thing. It's the same thing. I'm they me and want to be you. you. They live through your crazy $10,000 bets. Did we just but become best really, friends? Dude, I'm telling you, these people do not bet thousands of dollars a day. It doesn't matter if it's thousands. It matters what X it is on your normal. No, it I'll doesn't tell you matter that. what X I would tell you this. I was texting with a life. friend of mine. I was texting with a friend of mine who had $200 on the game who had to call me because he was so nervous on the Patriots plus minus three, two and a half. He was sitting there. He's like, dude, are we going to win this? I'm like, oh, gee. Hit two hundred dollars on. Leave, it. leave Mad Lab out of this, man. It That's wasn't Mad Lab. Mad Lab hit uh, plus eleven hundred. Sonny Michelle first touchdown in the second half. Prop though, props to him. Um, but yeah, yeah, dude, you're yeah, wrong on this. Fundamental disagreement. I will say that you care a little less about your bets because yeah. of the environment, because it's the Super Bowl, because you're at a party, because there's other things going on compared to a normal Sunday where you're sitting home in your fucking basement eating a Hot Pocket going, my whole life is on this game because nothing else matters right now, right? So, so yeah, but, this, dude, betting, if you don't think the bets that people put in, considering the whole week leading up to the Super Bowl, is all about 
what prop are we betting? What game are we betting? Who are we taking? And then all of a sudden, at the end of the game, no one cares if they won or lost. It's fucking But it's retarded. not all about that, dude. Trust me. I did tons and tons of interviews. Like, it's never – it's about predicting the score and who do you think is going to win, but not, not that much about the betting aspect. I understand the betting aspect, too. Just no doubt about it. But I don't think – I think people bet to be a part of it as opposed to, you know, to make it a little bit But whenever you bet, you care about your bet. Yeah, you don't. I gave a to shit the point about nothing everything. last night except the Patriots winning by three points from my bet. I yeah. despise I, I exact those opposite. motherfuckers. I bet six. I didn't care at all about my bet. Like I literally, cared about not even else. a smidge. Didn't even care. Didn't even factor in till well past midnight after I was doing my recaps and stuff. I didn't even think about it. I it didn't affect one single thought of mine the entire game. I cared about the game. I cared about the football. I cared so about who's the anomaly, people? Jeff Manns, who cared yes. nothing about his bet and all about the game and the environment and the, the fun. The bet was just the side. Or Tommy to G, who I... cared nothing about the game, the environment, the fun, and only about his bet. So we'll take it to extreme hyperbole. And this is a home game for you, by the way. Every, so, every it's home game This is an NBA version home game. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, vote, it's at like Tommy you going G, against... at No Mercy Pod, at Jeff underscore Manns. Let, us know. Let, Let us, us know. Let us know. Who's crazy? Know. You guys heard. We probably don't even remember what we just said. So you heard the last 10 minutes. <laughs> You tell us who was right and who was wrong. We'll probably end up listening to and agreeing with the other person. Probably. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, Phil Simms, worst of all time. Uh, I did, I, I, is there an announcer worse than Phil Simms? Fuck, Mary kill. Phil Simms, um, uh, oh, Collinsworth, or uh, Booger McFarland? Oh, man. Um, well, I actually don't hate Collinsworth like take everybody. Him, take him out. Put put your put one of your other hated guys in there. Who's one of your I other hate, hated? Dude, I hate. There's so um, many. I know you hate Booger, right? Yeah. Or do you hate Witten more? You may be a Witten guy. Witten's pretty bad. Booger grew on me when he was he went negative. I'll just go with the ones you went. And I do think Sims is the worst, though. I would kill him for sure. All right, you, all right that's what I want to get to with this. Yeah, I, I do not like Phil Sims. And it's been a long time with him. A yeah. long time. He and is. They've, they've put him on the back burner so far that it's like you almost forget about him. Until, until this week. There. And then he's like everywhere. Like, I saw Phil Sims all week. I'm like, this motherfucker's still alive? Like, he is the – like, don't bring that Collinsworth shit in the same – listen, I hate Collinsworth. You don't hate him as much. I hate Collinsworth, but at least I respect that some of his takes are okay and that, like, you know, he's – He's at least well-liked amongst his peers. Like, at least. Like, Phil Sims is the fucking worst. He's the worst combination of everything. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Like, literally zero. He virtue signals his own fucking glorified shit all day. Every word out of his mouth as well. When I was in the Super Bowl, and when since I played with Bill Belichick, didn't he have we used one to go, year. Didn't Hostetler? Bro, yes, exactly. Like he's fucking. He had a great su- Super Bowl when he did. It, he's but. yeah. He won Super Bowl MVP. Lets everyone knows about he's, it all. The time. He's Doug Williams. Phil and Mark Sims Rippen. was an average quarterback at best, but he's, he's virtue Rippen. signals himself. He's fucking terrible at his job. He looks like a fucking robot. Like he literally looks weird. He looks like he's a had fat, plastic surgery, dude. He looks like a fat animated baby. Has he had plastic surgery? Oh yeah, yeah. Dude, like his eyes aren't normal. Everything, like nothing on his face moves. He's got like that Joan Rivers. Yeah. Like he just looks like he's stuck in the same position, like a robot. And everyone fucking hates him. They hate him so much 
that when you watch, I accidentally stumbled across the show, I guess, I don't know if it's HBO or whatever, with um, Boomer, uh, him, Steve Smith Jr., Ray Lewis, and James Brown. Is that inside the NFL? Yeah, whatever the fuck it is. Bro, they fucking hate him. Like, yeah, they, they hate him so much that instead of trying to hide it, they have to just come out talking about how much they hate him. Yeah. Like, that's how much they I've fucking hate him. Like, he's a piece of shit, garbage human. And I, I'm just so happy not to see him again for eight months. Anyway, I just needed to get that out. Because he's, when you, people talk about Collinsworth and Booger, I'll take Booger over him six days a week and twice on Sunday. Like, all day. Um, yeah. poor, the see, thing poor, about Collinsworth is, like, I believe that he believes that, you know what I mean? Like, I hate, Sims just says shit. And I don't think there's any, I don't think he knows. I don't think he, he just tries to, He's those the forty sixth reporter in line, like we were talking about earlier. He's just one of the sheep. Fucking idiot. There's not an original thought in his body, and there's nothing. He brings nothing, nothing, nothing to the table except arrogance. God, is he in the Hall of Fame? By the way, oh, he better no. not be. I don't know. No, he's not. Thank no, God. I'm looking at the numbers right now for Phil Simms' uh, career. He's terrible. His Dude. average season was twenty eight hundred yards. Dude, if you didn't have the fucking Giants defense and Parcells and those guys with him, Phil Simms would have been the fuck twenty eight hundred yards. He would have been a free agent after his. Could you year. imagine? Yeah, yeah, he was terrible. Um, what was the last thing I was going to say? Portnoy got arrested. Did you see that? Yeah, that dude. Um, okay, so this is something you probably won't like me saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, dude. I, I've just like the arrogance and the overindulgence of the fucking Patriot. Like, they are pretty much the absolute poster child for, like, these Patriot fanboys that are just gotten ridiculous. They're so... They believe that this is just how life's going to be and you know it's going to end badly. But at the same time, dude, and so... You know, and I don't understand the hate for Goodell. I literally don't understand. You could hate the referees. You could hate the rules. Whatever you want. And I'm not a Goodell guy, but my get the fuck out of here. Like Roger Goodell's like that big of an enemy. I don't get it. But that was bullshit. You can't let. You can't. This dude paid for his ticket. You can't take him out of the stadium, put him in a holding cell. Dude, I hope uh, President I hope he fucking sues the fuck out of them. I can't you can't even. just do that. Is there something we're missing? Because everyone's been asking me. And listen, I, I respect what Barstool's done. I, I'm not a stoolie. But, you know, I respect right. what they've done. I, lo- I love seeing this. I mean, we run a business. We run a multi-million dollar business. And I'm always looking for new things that we could do. You know, to I, I, I envy the fact that they're so huge, right? I can't wait. We're going to get there. But I can't wait to get to the point where I am of that level because I'm going to do way cooler shit than they're doing. But it was obviously a publicity stunt, right? But the question is, it's brilliant. How are you going to knock them for that? It's great. Like, that's me and Jeff were talking about, right? Jeff, what's the first thing we would do if I was banned from fucking the stadium for the Super Bowl? You would put on a fake mustache and get in the stadium. A, a 100%. And you would be the one calling me going, yo, I got kids I'll and a family. You don't give a fuck. I got the company to fucking back it. We're going to pay for your bail. We're going to pay for everything. Go put on a fake mustache and then sit in the state. Like, and then we're going to live tweet it. Like, that would literally be the exact. Co- so I respect the fuck out of that. Like, good for him and good for the press that they're getting. It deserves it. Right. But what did he do? Like, to get banned from the stadium? Yeah. Like, just the shirts and just the hate? Like, no, you can't I ban it. There, is, there they, has to be something they said, more. Right? Somehow they got fake press passes. And I guess they, were, they had fake press passes. This was a while ago? No, this is this week. Yeah, but they were banned going into this week. Yeah, right? I, I don't know. Like, uh, what did they do outside of making fun of Goodell nonstop? You can't ban someone just because he, you don't like him. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's essentially. And that's, that's what the it problem. seems like, right? 
It's like saying because here's the problem. Maybe we're missing something. Maybe he did. No, I I know that the story is that they supposedly had a fake press pass and they went into this opening day event with a fake press pass because. But what happened is, in my understanding, is they weren't issued press passes on purpose. Like I had a press pass. Right. I was at the media party, but they, I don't. They weren't issued it because. Goodell didn't like him. And here's the problem, people. Whatever you think of Barstool and Portnoy or whatever, dude, it doesn't stop here. You you don't if they if we let them get away with this right, bullshit. You can, yeah, you can't let them get away with that because that's the could next be us thing next. is they don't want they don't want Jets fans in there right. or Bears fans in yeah. there or Cowboys fans. Like if they don't and then what? They don't want white guys and black guys and Indian people. They don't like it doesn't stop. You can't just decide who you like and don't like and let them into your stadium because, you know, business is good. It's bullshit. Yep. You can't stand for it. Nobody should stand for it. What happened in Portnoy was absolute bullshit at the highest level. I agree. A dude had a ticket. Dude had every right to be there. He was dragged off. you got to be kidding me, bro. Yeah. you got to be kidding me with that. And they're so dumb. Like, do you not realize it? that let's say you hate Portnoy and you hate Barstool and you hate all that? Do you not realize that you just did the exact thing he wanted you to do? Like, it's like if you're sitting on pocket aces and you're pretending you're sitting on 2-7 and the other person knows you have pocket aces, but they go all in anyway. Like, Goodell, you know that's what he wants. He wants to get thrown out of that stadium for the press. They had prop bets on Barstool's podcast about him getting arrested that night. Like, you literally handed him... The exact thing that he wanted, because he was out of jail in fucking a minute, right? He was at the after yeah. party. So, like, like how dumb are you, one, for put, not allowing him in the stadium, and then for throwing him out? Like, it's just the whole thing was fucking... Give stupid. them press passes. Like, what is right. your problem? Stop. They're one of the biggest companies in America in sports. You can't like, decide unilaterally that I just don't like you, and you made a t-shirt that's negative to me. It's bullshit. And, and, and this ties into what we're talking about next, right? Like... You can't, as a society, allow. It doesn't matter what you think of Portnoy. It doesn't matter what you think of Barstool. It doesn't matter what you think of anything. Right. You can't, like Jeff said, you can't let people start to decide what the narrative is, and that just becomes the standard. You can't let some bullshit narrative become the standard because next thing you know, it's me or you or one of your friends or race or a gender or, one of you. or whatever. Right. It's yep. basically like it's the same as racism, yep. right? Saying yes, you can't it come is. in. You can't come in because I don't like you is the same thing right. as saying you I don't can't like come in because you're black. This thing like, about you. Whatever right. that thing is, that an thing is what's wrong. It's an ism. It's not about the race, the gender. All. It's not about – it's that people in a business setting or whatever setting giving other people – not giving other people a fair and reasonable opportunity. That's yeah. what the entire essence of all this stuff is. And whatever, whichever way it is, I don't like tall people. I don't like short people. I don't like yeah. brown-haired people. I don't like buck-toothed people. I don't like people with only four fingers. Shoe-built, stork-looking people. Yeah, exactly. People with frosted tips. I mean, could you imagine what my life would be if that was me? So, I mean, <laughs> it's just out of control. And this You is, have to take a stand. And, and Goodell is the grandfather that says, oh, music today. These kids are all like, dude, you're playing right into it. What aren't you seeing? How do you not know that you not liking the new music of today is the exact same thing your grandfather said to you before? It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're just falling right into the trap, you idiots. It but is. I, and I used to I, I think, think it was, I used to think it was as you get older, you know, you know the saying, the older I get, the better I was, sure. right? How you'll look at someone who was like an average high school football player, but you talk to them when they're 50 and they were all state, 
right? Because no one can go back and prove it because there was no internet, you know? (laughs) So it's like, it's the same thing. I used to think it was that where it's like, well, everyone as they get older is always just jealous of the younger generation and says their shit was better because they're used to it. Now what I've realized is, no, actually this country, as far as the last two, three generations, all I could speak to, my grandmother, my mother, and myself, uh, and now the generation below me, but this country has just been on a, on a steady decline for 200 years. Like, that's, that's really it. For the last 90 years, this country and its values and its system and its societal beliefs, outside of being more tolerant, which we have, We've pretty much just been on a steady decline. Like it, it, everything was better, I think, in the 1800s and 1900s, even though people didn't have money. They just treated each other better. There was more respect. There was more quality over quantity, right? We've become more quantity over quality. And the problem we have right now is the same thing that's going on with these Covington Catholic high school kids. Like, you, we just fucking, you can't let someone push a narrative on you that isn't real. And you can't just accept it and react to that narrative without doing your own fucking research. And Jeff, you, did you do your homework? Did you watch the video of the Covington High School kids? Yes. Yeah. Like that kid in the red MAGA hat mm-hmm. was vilified. We all know his last name. It's Sandman or whatever the fire, whatever you pronounce it. Sandman, Sandman. This kid's life is ruined. Like his life is ruined now. And all because some CNN and MSNBC and the mainstream media and Alyssa Milano and all them wanted to push a fucking narrative saying the MAGA hat's the new white hood. Like, do you realize what like you realize what these people are fucking saying? They're saying that wearing a red MAGA hat is the same as a white hood for the KKK. Do you realize you cannot do that? Like words have meaning. You cannot do that. You can't call someone racist because they didn't vote for Obama. You can't call someone KKK because they have a red hat on. You can't, like, you can't say someone's racist because they don't like Cam Newton. You can't do these things. Like, you can't allow this to take place because, like Jeff just said before, where does it lead to? Like, what's the next step 10 years from now if voting for Trump makes you a Klan member, right? But these fucking Covington Catholic kids... Literally did nothing. You watch the full 15-minute video, and yes, there was the, the Israelites, the black Israelites who were over there who were literally trying to incite a riot, saying mm-hmm. some of the most racist, hateful things I've ever seen. The Native American dudes who came in, who everyone thought were heroes, first of all, are fucking liars. Dude was never in the Vietnam War. He's, been, he's basically a shill for the left, and he had a clean path to the fuck up the steps if he wanted it. He right. went and incited this thing. All these kids were doing was trying to get the fuck out of there, asking where the bus was and what's going on. And, yeah, you had a fucking dumb 15-year-old say things like, it's not rape if she was willing. Like, yeah, you're going to get a commenter. Like, there was no build the wall chant. There was These kids, they did a tomahawk chop, whether you agree with it or not. This full 15-minute video should make everyone just look at it and go, oh, because guess what, Jeff? I was getting called a racist non-stop because everyone whenever anything happens race or politically which i like now tags me and everything what's your take now on your maga boys tommy what's your t-? i'm like dude i'm not a republican i'm a libertarian but anyway what's your take on this now i'm like my answer was one 16 year old kid or even a group of them does not represent me even if we voted for the same people or have any of the same beliefs that's not me motherfucker don't judge me by someone else who voted or did what I did politically. And second of all, I'm like, all I've seen is a chopped up video. 
I want to see the full video. So no, I'm not condemning these fucking kids. And I got lit on fire for it. And now everyone realizes that it was a fucking media scam. They were fucking shills. These kids were used to be portrayed in a different light for a political agenda. And the problem is only fucking 50, 150,000 people are going to see the walk back video. But 150 million people saw the initial wave of it, Jeff. The, um, so here's my take. And it's not going to be popular. I think everybody that was there, and I watched the whole 15 minutes that you sent me, the whole thing, and every single person that were on those steps, in my opinion, are just all bottom feeders of the world. Every I agree one with you. of them. I agree with that. I agree with that. Just the bottom. The kids included. The, the, absolute, the guys who, like you said, I mean, the guy made up that he was in Vietnam. I mean, dude, the, the amount of, by the way, the first thing to ever do is I want like a checklist. Anybody who ever says they were in the military, because I mean, in women, any ladies listening out there, the number one lie any any dude at a bar is going to tell you is he's in the military. Why? Because and homeless it, people and homeless people. That's a huge oh, thing with homeless people. Too. That's a yeah, big one. Signs. Absolutely. Mad Lab knows the little tricks to identify when they have the little uh, things yeah, on the, the patches and stuff. And there was a guy who came up with like a book with his picture in it from the military. And oh, I almost right. went to give him like 20 bucks. Yep. And Mad Lab was like, don't fucking do it. I'm like, what happened? He's yep. like, that guy was a, fu- he's a fucking liar. Mad Lab called him out and he was a liar. So yeah. military and bars, yes. That's a good one. So uh, I, I just like, why any, everybody that's going into that environment is asking for something. They're trying to incite whatever demographic yeah. they are about, left, right, center. Every, they're trying to incite some sort of huge thing. And my question is why? What's what exactly is the end result? Because in my opinion, and I was watching that, and you know, as I've gotten older, and I grew up in a very, go look at Burbank and go look at um, Marriott Park and Homer Glen, where places I lived in Illinois. And these are some of the worst areas in the world where violence was just a way of life. And as I've gotten older, I just can't stomach it anymore. I just don't understand. I always look at violence as people... People get violent when they have no other way to settle their differences. And every group that I saw in that video wanted violence. They right. just wanted it. There's no way you're getting in that powder keg without, I'm right, no, I'm right, no, I'm right, and I'm going to beat a drum at you, and I'm going to smile at you, and I'm going to call you all sorts of dirty names with those Israelites were doing. How does this not end in violence? How does, it's just like in a bar, dude. Somebody bumps into you, Tommy, we've been in this a hundred times. And it's like somebody bumps into you, and the guy's with a girl, and you're like, oh, excuse me. And he's like, what the fuck, man? Fuck, bro. Fuck, bro. And, it's like, and now it's like, okay, why the fuck, bro stuff? Because the only way this ends now is one of us now has to act like either a, a giant pussy in front of our buddies right, or our or girls. Or be a man. Or we have to fight, and somebody gets knocked out. Why are we in this situation? Why can't it just be, I'm sorry, I was here. Like, they were there. All the people were there are just bottom feeders, right. in my opinion. I agree and no you. matter what side they're on, None of those people are the solution to any of the problems. No, no. None of them. They're all the problems. Those were all the problem people. People that march on the stage. They were there for, for those people that don't know, they were there for a pro-life march. Like, I will tell you this. I am pro-abortion. kids? I am pro-choice. Yes. They were there for a pro-life march. That's what it was. So I'm obviously not being biased because I have the same beliefs as these kids. I I don't believe. I'm not pro-life. I'm pro-choice. And that is my choice to be pro-choice, right? It's not a Republican thing to say because I'm not a Republican. But if you're at a pro-life march, you're a fucking loser. Like, if you're at a rally, you're a fucking loser. 
Right? Like, Jeff, how many rallies or protests have you been to? Zero. How many times have you drawn words on a fucking sign and made a fucking wooden stick and took off work and fucking marched around a building for five? Like, you're a fucking Probably loser. Probably about 15 times, but it was all Comiskey Park when I was, like, between the ages of <laughs> 10 and 14. Like, you're a loser. Yes. People who march are fucking scum. Like, I'm sorry yes. if that's you, but it's not because those people don't listen to this. Because right. we only have cool people listening, not fucking losers. Like, you're a fucking complete garbage bottom-feeding piece of shit. If yeah. you're fucking marching all day around for a cause, we're gonna fix it. That's not what fixes it. No. That's not what fixes it. No. You had nothing to do no with gay marriage being legalized. You had nothing to do with abortion laws. You had nothing to do with any of it. Your protests had nothing to do with any of it. And if you don't believe me, there has never been a human being marched, protested, and hated on more before an election than Donald Trump. There was a protester at every turn, at every building, at every sign, and he still won. Protests mean nothing. All you do when you protest is rally the other side. That's all you're doing. When you do these fucking marches, the people who are on the other side, who are the silent majority, are sitting there going, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to go fuck. You know what? I'm going to fucking start a fucking pro-choice. And then it just becomes the bottoms of both sides coming up and rising and screaming at each other in the wind. Um Here's my comparison. Here's what I, I think these people that are and do these things are the same kind of people that it's like your husband or gr- wife or girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever. When you ask, where do you want to, you know, what do you want to do for dinner? And they're like, oh, I don't care. But they're like, I want food or I want, you know, they just give a general answer and they have, that's their answer, but there's no solutions. There's so many no, people in this world right. that never have a solution. They're the kings of identifying problems and guys it's the fuck all of you people are pieces of shit anybody it doesn't take any brains it doesn't take any courage to identify a problem you know what it takes courage and brains to do solve a problem what's the solution what is your solution if okay and if listen and that's why like I, i don't get swept up in the political shit too much because listen if i'm gonna vote for somebody or whatever and if i'm gonna stomp for them and everything then they better start solving problems. But guess what? Every, I've been Reagan, Bush, Clinton, Bush, who the fuck Obama, is, Obama fucking Trump. I don't know, man. I, I see the same. They're thing. all guess reptilians. What, They're all the same. There's reptilians. There's unrest in the Middle East. Can you believe it? Oh, yeah. my God. I've been, I've been told the Middle East was going to be solved in the 80s. Like, Middle East, poor people, everything, unions, name it. I see the same racism, sexism. Everything is always the same. Medical. Right. Everything is the same. Universal health care, global warming, gay global marriage, warming. pro-choice. Nobody has solved the Immigration, the wars in the Middle East. Like It's the same. Energy and, cars. And when one side like, of the bill is in power, then everything is great. And when the other side's in, everything's terrible. And it's like, my, how does everybody Nothing not see changes. It? Nothing. Nothing changes. changes. So here's what I. If any, next time you guys want to go march, all right? What's your solution? Kill yourself. And don't first. tell me a person will solve it. I want your solution. How will this be solved? I want you to enact our four, bill four hundred two point one. Blah blah. Okay, great. That's 
a solution. Let's push that agenda. Don't just start telling me the world's racist and sexist. We know. Everybody knows the problems. Do something to solve it. Don't just bitch about it. That's how. That's why 50% of marriages end in divorce. Because people just fight because everyone says, well, I don't want what to eat. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Everybody never really ever offers a solution to the problem facing us. And Thank people you. aren't very well researched on the problem itself that they're looking at either, which is the funniest thing. Now, when it comes down to abortion and pro-life uh, versus pro-choice. Two more issues that right. were a problem in the 80s. Right. It's been a problem since I was born. Right, so Total like problem. this is like, this is never gonna end. Like, but both of you think about this. Both of us, if Roe versus Wade goes a different way, I don't know. I'm just are we having this? <laughs> but I mean, like if you think about it, like that is probably who's aborted wh- first, me or Tommy? I mean, <laughs> before we were born, I think we would have been fine. But if you could do like uh, post birth abortions, my mom would have yeah. aborted me in a heartbeat. My mom would abort me my right now. My mom was forty when she had me. Oh, Dude, yeah. I was like, I was supposed to be aborted. I'm the yeah. fifth of five. We I've thought so you poor. were supposed to be aborted since I met you. <laughs> You've tried without even knowing that times. your mom was forty. Yeah, I in my mid thirties, like, that seems like a abort. guy who should have been abort- aborted. <laughs> you, you have that. You have that face. You have that fucking punchable face that should have been aborted. But, I, I uh, love the guys. I saw you in Tampa. You bloated fucking guido <laughs> like what are you like stop you're not winning any prizes anymore either dude. hey i'm still getting Good that poo i'm still getting that well, poo so am i i get more new by far no yeah oh, oh by far it's gonna... not close you still bang your wife in. a lot oh god yeah 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 you're like the only married guy i know really i mean it's never enough that's right anything, it's never right? enough I but could, i mean dude if you're doing enough. it if you're doing it more than once every couple weeks, that's more than every one of my married friends. And oh yeah! Doing, oh god! Yeah. And if you're doing it more than like ten times a year, you're you're in pretty good spot after as long as really? you're married. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah I'm married still, couples I'm are fucking bad. Life. I love my wife. Yeah, totally. Um, we're still into it. So yeah, it, it's boy. good. And that's the thing. It's like I I don't get the people that don't. I think the people that don't don't try anymore. It's like right. It's hey, like dude, you have to I'm, give up, right? Like why isn't she sucking my dick? I'm on the couch drinking a Miller Light with a ton of corn syrup watching a yeah, ball game. I haven't shaved my fucking body in fucking eight years. I think it's that you're yeah, hairless. Exactly. I think it's that you're hairless. I've gained hairless. 40 pounds and I make $50,000 less than I ever did. Why is she not into me? I and, I haven't, and I got her a gift card for her birthday. Yeah, I got her a gift card. I yeah, got her right. flowers for Valentine's Day. Yeah. I don't do. know why she's not fucking me. I don't understand it. I've done no work in this relationship, yet my dick's not sucked. <laughs> The, uh, so back to uh, outside of Jeff's sex life, back to the uh, pro life abortion. No, that's, that's so, you're apologizing for going off the rails on an off the rails podcast. Uh, uh, but yeah, like the, the abortion pro choice pro life thing is pretty black and white, right? Like you don't need to do much research there. Like there's 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 one side that thinks it's a live person when it's you know inseminated, and there's another side that thinks it's not until it's born, right? Like black and white. Like you either think one way. Or you think the other way. Or in the middle, there might be selfish, like, yeah, I do think it's a person, but I want to kill it anyway because I don't want to fuck my life up. You know? Like, wherever you are in that, that's fine. But, like, things about, like, the wall. Like, that's the thing that cracks oh, me up right God. now the most. That's the current thing. The wall is the one that cracks it. Like, I have mic dropped so many bar debates that I've baited. You know, I know what, you know, I, the same way as I bitch at race baiting. I know what race baiting is because I bait people into arguments 24 hours a day at bars. Jeff's seen me do it. So... I bait them into the wall discussion, the liberals, and it's just so funny because they're not even well-researched. They're out there protesting. You can't build a wall. And it's like, 
you dumb fuck. First of all, we have borders, right? We, we, you, we, me and you had this whole discussion about why you need to be a citizen to live in America. Like, like I think everyone realizes that that makes sense. And then when you mic drop on them showing them that the wall was Hillary's idea and there's thousands of videos of Hillary in the 90s and 2000s screaming about how we need a wall and the Democrats in co- the current sitting people in government now all voted for a wall, <laughs> except it wasn't a wall. It was called a fence, right? But they all voted for border control just three, four, five years ago when there was a different president who now are causing a government shutdown because they're opposing it so much. It's like it's such an easy argument to win. Like, guys, the people who are opposing it on TV right now, you know, like their voting records are public, right? Like, you you know, you can go look at Schumer and all these people's prior. Re- you know, you can go look at this and see that they voted in favor for it, right? Like, did you know that? You, you know, you can go to YouTube and see the video where Hillary Clinton forty different times over the course of five years brought up that we need a wall. Like, so that's the thing. More than the solution to the problem, the people who aren't even well researched on what the problem is and what their side even stands for. That's what's well, like you saying earlier in the show, you think Sean McVay is overrated as a coach. But having and no reasons because, why. Because you yeah. said that. Now, I can't say that and I can't agree with you because I need to have, because I'm on a different side of the aisle. So now I need to have a different approach because you said it first, or you've made it your big thing. It's like, no, guys, guess what? And I think this about the entire world. I think way, way more of us think alike than we give each other credit for. We are so much closer than we want to believe and say. It's these divisions. It's the same shit with sports teams. Like, dude, is it any different? You're a Jets fan. I'm a Bears fan. Is it really that different? It's not that different. There's little idiosyncrasies that are different. It's not that big a deal. Like like how I believe Michelle as a dick. And I'm right, right, and you don't. Like it's just, it's only eight and inches you're of difference. Fucking out of your goddamn. We're mind. only yeah. eight inches off, right? Like maybe <laughs> nine. You know, like we're right there. We're less than since yeah. we're eight inches apart. Small difference. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a, we're way we. I would say majority of people agree on eighty percent of everything, and it's a twenty percent that we that we let divide us and it's just unbelievable i'm this religion and i'm that religion so my god back th- three thousand years ago said this and yours said that so ah, let's stab each right. other in the fucking throat it's like wait what my political party believes this well mine does it now but we did before but now we do. if you look at all the things from dude. where like republicans were in the 1860s dude, uh, listen, this isn't now, even this isn't even yeah. and this isn't trying to to cast uh, a why not you know the democrats started the kkk right like, that's a yes. fact. That's a historical fact. Now know. they're going to yeah. tell you about there was a great shift. In, no, no, no. That's narrative. It's different now. The Democrats just fucking decades ago started the KKK. Now they're the party against racism, supposedly. But they're still doing a lot of things that don't prove that behind the scenes. But, but like Jeff said, like, just it's all the same. They're all pieces yes. of shit. Republicans are pieces of shit. Democrats are pieces of shit. They're pushing whatever agenda they need to push right now to get whatever money they need to get in the system right now to do whatever these current people need to do right now. Ten years ago, build a wall was something that was encouraged and the Democrats got behind it. 
Right now, Trump wants it. He ran his whole campaign on it. So now they have to fight it. It's the same people. It's not even like the same party. It's Hillary Clinton. It's Schumer. It's Pelosi. It's the same people who 10 years ago said this and now are saying this. And these dumb fuck sheep, the sheeple, the millennials, the uneducated political people, just watch and go, oh, Hillary Clinton said Trump's an asshole because he wants to build a wall. So I actually don't believe in a wall and we shouldn't have a wall because people should be let in. We need to be free to all people even if they're not. Bo- Shut the fuck up, you dumb fuck. You're just not researched enough to know that everything you're saying is wrong. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something more than that. It's just no, I, I mean, I have a lot to say. It's just like, I don't know, man. I just don't. It's like most of the things in my life for whatever reason. Like I look to and it's not I'm not being political here. I, I look to left and I'm like, oh God. Crazy. I look to the right and I go, oh God. Oh, crazy. And I'm like, fuck all these people. Like how it's is everyone not right? in the middle? I don't because they because it's easier to just say you're a Patriots fan. It's the same reason because there's they so want many someone Patriots to, fans. They want someone it's to so think much for easier to be hey, I'm a winner. Look, hey, I'm a I'm a Republican. Like every now kid like win, every kid's a, a Warriors fan right win. now. What's that? Like how every kid's a Warriors fan right now? Oh, my son is. My yeah, son, one hundred percent. Every, kid, every kid in the world is because just because I'm you're... going to Warriors game in like three days. It's it's out of control, and yeah, and he tried the same thing with the Patriots and everything else, and it's just it's bad. And I don't know what I don't know. Sports fandom, and this is my side's always right, and your side's always wrong. And like I said, every whether it's political or sports or religion or whatever it is. Think about our lives and think about all those divisions and all those things we need to claim to be. I've always been a person that's looked around and said, the one thing I know I don't want to be is like all of you motherfuckers. I know one thing and that I don't want to be like any of you. No offense. There's some good in this person, some good in that person. But, man, I don't want to replicate any of your life. I want to be me. Why do you think we make huge money, don't have a boss? Don't have anyone to report to have, you know, somewhat of a national platform, even though we're not huge. You know, we have, you know, a lot of people would look at 40, 50,000 followers and national radio show and podcast. Like, as you know, we're in the 1%, 99% of people never get to that point. Why do you think that happened, Jeff? Do we exactly? That's a good point. That's the the difference between the 1% and the 99%. We've never wanted to be like anyone else. Like the second I see someone like me, I'm like, oh, I got to, I got to change a little bit. Right, like, no, exactly. Like right. I'll take the opposing sides of some of your stances sometimes, even if I agree with them, just because I'm like I don't want to say right. the same exact thing. Same so thing. Let me just kind of pick a different yeah. point to make on the same topic. You know, yeah. like, but that's the difference between success and fucking losers who. Do you know what my brother broke. told me the other day? My brother said yesterday, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, you, you know, you're working. I saw you at the the Hyundai booth or whatever. He's like, oh, yeah, you're. You know, you're starting to do well. You're starting to make it. I'm like, and I, I literally, and he did in front of everybody. I go, listen, I, I fucking made it. Like, what are you talking about? Like, build. I have a sponsor building a million dollar set around me. Like, I fucking made it. And I'm, I look around and I talk to, I talk to every beat writer. I talk to guys that I used to intern with back at WSCR in Chicago back in the day. And these guys are like, oh, dude, you know, and they're all making fucking 40, 50, 60 k and whatever. I'm like, my, I've done that, really that well for myself. <laughs> And exactly, <laughs> so true. It's, a, it's like I mean, it's not, and it's not just about money and fame and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, but it it's, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. It, you're right. It's like no, dude, I, I did make it. And the same thing. I'm reading Twitter today, and I see all these hacks. Like, oh, people want to pretend like they don't. You know, it's like no, you guys 
you guys are the ones that aren't in. Right. You guys are – you have nothing. You have 8,000 people on a Twitter account. Like, that's all you got. You don't have a forum. Nobody pays you for your information. You know, you get 20 likes by all the same people on every thought you ever right, had. Exactly. Nobody really cares about your opinion because it's the same as everybody else's opinion. It's, it's, so, yeah. it's funny because, I mean, people like me and you will never be satisfied, right? So it's right. like no matter – if someone tells me, Tommy, wow, you've made it, right? Like I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I'm nowhere near where I want to be, right? But if someone tells me, Tommy, you haven't made it, I'm like, uh, motherfucker, yeah, I have. Yeah, I exactly. literally own a fucking multi-million dollar company and I get to work from home and fucking – like, yeah, and I make a shit ton of money more than you. Like if I made 500 grand this year, I'd kill myself. Like, you know, like, like <laughs> these are – these are all it's like yeah i did nope. and motherfucker oh, because i don't have a kid like i'll take the other side of whatever anyone says i'm at right like yeah. if i didn't make it yeah i did if i did make it no i didn't you know because that's like you said don't want to be like anyone else but exactly i mean that's that's the problem with society and i'm right the now. same exact way it's yeah like, you're the yeah, same way fine. you're the I'm same way right? right if someone's complimenting you you're humble if they're insulting you you're cocky like like yep. that's how we are you know and that's how you should yep. be it's literally like, like that's yeah a better way to be. And that's why Phil Sims pisses me off because it's like if you fucking <laughs> – He's always if, cocky. And he yeah, he's, that's the thing. Even when they're complimenting him, he's got to come back. Like They'll be like, well, Phil, you were a good player. He's like, well, I was a great player. I won an MVP in the Super Bowl. It's like, no, motherfucker. Let, let, when they're doing the work for you and complimenting you, that's when you go, yeah, I was pretty good, but our defense was great. Like, but if someone says, Phil, you suck, then you say, I was an MVP in the Super Bowl, bitch. How about you? Like He just doesn't know how to do it. He just always has one robotic lane. But um, this Liam Neeson thing, have you seen that? <laughs> the big yeah, thing for me is too. I can't believe his last name is spelled, spelled N-E-E-S-O-N or M. Like, I thought it was Liam Nielsen. <laughs> like, like, that's what I always thought it was. So I learned something in that. But what's your take <laughs> on you... that? Liam Neeson. I'm changing it in the right. Okay. Account. So, again, more homework Tommy made me sit through and do that. And I said, okay. So looked at that. Um, well, for people that don't know, because a lot of people don't know what happened. So he came yeah, out. the stage. Yeah. So he came out. Um, he was in an interview. Uh, I don't think this was that recently, but I think it's fairly recently, like a week ago or something, months ago. But uh, he came out in an interview, and he was doing an interview for, I, I don't know, whatever the fuck it was. It's not relevant to the story. He was doing an interview, and the person was asking about something, and like the topic of rape came up. And I don't know if it was his friend or a family member, whoever it was, got raped, right? And Liam Nielsen, the guy from Taken – you know, um, a very specific set of skills. The so the guy from Taken actually came out and was. We haven't. I haven't seen the interview. I've only read the print, so I don't want to make a full assessment until I've seen the whole entire interview. I but, researched this more than what you sent me. By there's way. really not much to fucking like research no, on it. Like he basically but, said that I was in such a rage when I came back that someone close to me was raped that I was asking, who was it? Do you know his name? No. Do you know this? No. Do you know his race? He was black. Do you know this? And he's like, I was so incensed that I was walking around the street for a week with a crowbar waiting for a black guy to step up and fucking say something to me so I could murder him, right? That's the setting of the stage. Now, Jeff. Uh, and for one, so I researched this. So Tommy sent me the thing, and like I do with all everything Tommy sends me, <laughs> I always look everything up just so I could see other side. And one thing about the story is everywhere I clicked had a very different take on what he said. Uh-huh. It is extreme from I like from he wanted to kill a black man straight up to oh he wanted to look for this particular black man. Like it, it was always different. So I mean, again. What I, what I think of this situation as a whole, 
I don't know what the fuck he really meant. Like you said, it scares the actual inter- in the interview is like, like six quotes, six sentences long total. Yeah. But the thing I like for him to say, I wanted to murder a black man in the context that he wanted to kill the person who raped their thing, which is or his friend was I like I get it. I if get you want to kill the that. person who did that, I don't care what race it is. There's no problem with that. Like who right, would, but right. specifying because they're black, it's kill any thing, black short, man, tall, is a all that story. kind of. Well, did he say any? Because that's the, the thing. The things that I one was of them reading, said any, another again, said the, and, I, and that's why I said, said a. Same thing with the Covington kids. I'm like, oh, listen, I I know how I kind of feel about this right now, but that's emotional and it's a little biased because of what I've been spun. Right, what's been spun at me. I want to see the full video. I want to see everything that happened before and after yeah. before I make an assessment. Right. I didn't. I didn't yeah. defend them. I didn't go again. It's I'm a little more like willing to believe like, okay, Liam, you, you really fucked up here. Right. But again, I'm not going to make any judgment on anything until I've seen the full video, heard the person's response and apologies. See if I think they're sincere and then make a judgment. I've only read a couple print from what I've seen is he basically went out saying all he knew about the rapist was it was a black man. So he walked the streets waiting for any black person to start shit with him so that he could murder them with a crowbar. Uh, like, well, so basically to use that person yep. to represent the rapist. Yeah. And yeah. then he also said, which is weird because that sounds insane, That's but he did ridiculous. also say waiting for them to come attack me. So it's like he was, he wanted like a yeah. person that he like was a bad person. Like it's, a, it, it, it's, it just is like, Liam, what are you doing? Why are we like, burying the lead? What are you lead, saying? Why are we burying the lead here, Tommy? What's the lead? The real story here is like, what the fuck is a sixty-six-year-old man trying to be a tough guy for? He has a Can we just like go into skills. that? Like this dude's sixty-six years old. It's get the fuck <laughs> out of here. My, Social Security. I think there's a different face. lead. No. Yeah, Why are you ratting on yourself? Oh, uh, ratting on yourself. I, I don't know what – this is just – I don't know. I don't know what the story really is. I don't know why people always – like, here's the thing is you can't ever say anything nowadays about race, color, creed, religion, a- anything because they'll say it's against it. I don't know. If the guy was really – like, the truth – I mean, and that's the thing. If you're looking for the truth, why don't we ask him what the truth is? Like, what you're if- looking for a black guy and you were going to hurt somebody because he was black – well, then you're a fucking asshole. But what if he and was you saying be fucking it. beaten with that crowbar? Right. Or are you saying you were looking for the guy who happened to be black who raped your friend? That's these are different. Or what if he was saying conversation? What? And I'm just I'm not saying this is defensible either. Listen, I'll take a stand when I think the PC bullshit has gone too far. Like this is pretty much indefensible, right? If if the side that I'm saying that I heard is correct, right? But the fact that he said it himself, right? Like, does have to hold some weight. Like, you do need... Because, listen, when do most people say that they're sorry? After they get caught, right? Yes. Like, the fact that no one would have ever known about this. And he... Like, what if he was in the interview and in full context was saying, you know, like, we all get fucking crazy and do irrational shit sometimes. You know? Like, I remember the time that this happened and I was so fucked up in the deepest, darkest depression over what happened that I was so irrational and so insane that I was walking around the street hoping that some black thug would come up and try and rob me 
just so I could beat the shit out of them just because I knew a black man raped my sister or friend or whoever it was. And that was, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so disgusted at myself. But that was like, I was in such a dark depression. I was almost suicidal. Like if someone framed it like that and it's saying what I did was wrong, I never acted on it. I was waiting for like a murderer to kill, not just a regular, I wasn't hunting Negroes like the titles say, right? Like he's just running around the street banging black guys in khakis with a crowbar. But and he's saying like I just I'm went looking nuts. For the stop recording button right now. Like where the fuck? Where no, the I'm fuck? just saying like you know like Jesus I mean, Christ. I'm just that's what the titles are saying, Jeff. Both titles I yeah. read said Liam Neeson was hunting Negroes. Really? Like that's the title of the article. I've read that right off the title of the article. I didn't see any of those? They made it sound like he was in Get Out, like running around. Like so, this, it's like that's what they do with these headlines. It's a, things it, that, I don't want to see. That's Tommy why G I actually history. know. That's <laughs> why I clicked on it, Jeff. I don't want to see because I saw history. Liam Neeson hunting Negroes, and I was like, "What? Oh my god!" Yeah, I didn't just make that up. Like that was that was in no, print. I know you wouldn't make that up. Yeah, that was yeah, in I mean, print. That's the thing, I, I mean, I it was know. like a Deadspin type magazine. It wasn't the New York Times or something. But let's put it this way: I put the exact same things in my search browser, and nothing like that. Came <laughs> up. My Google knows me better. Like I'm like, what the fuck is going on there? Uh, there's all there's a lot of stories about this. There. But how I don't do you know. feel? Like how do you feel about like to to touch on like if someone like we've all yeah. done some shit in our past, right? That we're not proud oh. of right now. I'm not, I'm not even gonna make you say it. Like I'm just saying we've all done shit. Right? Oh, okay, I'll say. If it, I had man. a camera on 17 year old Jeff or 22 year old Jeff or yeah, yeah. you had 25 year old Tommy or whatever yeah. it was. Whether it's, you know, some people maybe said the N-word or maybe some people were, you know, throwing, a, throwing something at someone who was gay because back then that's how they were raised. Or whether someone was saying, you know, fuck Christians or, you know, whatever it is, right? We all have some. Someone went to prison. Someone did this. Like, I, I, not, we're not talking rape and murder and shit like that. But shit that, like, you yeah. shouldn't have thought, you shouldn't have said, actions were poor, you know, things like that. Is it? I was around it. A lot. When I grew up, right. like when I was young, there is... It was I everywhere. Mean, yeah. Everywhere I grew up until we moved out. till I got basically eighth grade is when I finally... My parents finally got enough. My brother moved us out to the suburbs where it was finally better. Like until that moment, you would see... So what is it? 13 years old, I think, when I moved. Like there were... It's all it was. It was all racial slurs and epitaphs. And, you know, you, you went along your racial lines in a lot of instances. Now... I was fortunate enough that you know, my older brothers and sisters had friend, were friends and older friends with everybody, and um, you know, so I was fortunate enough to be friends with everybody, and so it was, it was a sort of but a different experience. Out, but me. if you came out, but but there's, I mean, you'd you'd have video of me beating right. up a black kid or me beating up a Mexican kid, and and them beating up on me, and it, but and I got and so like even seventh grade, I got my ass kicked. We one of the reasons we moved out, I got my ass kicked and it was by every other race i think except white people they beat my ass and the thing is these were my friends these were my best friends from kindergarten through sixth grade like in seventh grade something happened and you know and somehow i was the negative guy and i got my ass i went from riding the back of the bus to having to ride the front of the bus and they kicked they broke my nose i'll never get kicked in my face and broke my nose and blood everywhere in the white snow It, it was like a really bad thing but and i could easily if i wanted to 
I could sit here today and I could have done it to my counselors and everything and said, hey, man, they beat me up because I was the white kid. And they beat me up because my family's white or because we were a little bit better off than something. I could have easily done that. But it was not the truth. They didn't beat me up because of that. They just beat you up because that's, that's it. They just fucking flipped on you. And people did that as kids, and that's the way of the world. And it wasn't about my race that made them not like me. And a lot – not, I can't but say what, case, but what but, happens if you have let's yeah. let's just hypothetical situation okay let's Take say for did. a week <laughs> in your life mm-hmm. you had someone who you loved who was raped by uh an Asian person or whatever okay. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a real life example for me okay here you go so okay. and, and this was my dad cheated on my mom with an Asian girl um okay. I was 11 years old I didn't know much about much right there's a couple asian kids in my school but you know not a million of them and you know they were fine you know they were really smart and there was one cool one and the rest of them were just fucking you know ap class straight a students right so i, I didn't know much didn't have so you a, didn't hang out with them yeah i mean i was in the same <laughs> class as shockingly but um i didn't have a strong take here or there but then i i was actually the one who caught my dad cheating or i caught my dad cheating on my mom like i actually figured it out like and told my mom about it so and i and it happened to be with uh, an asian lady so I now keep in mind I'm eleven. This sounds so, so sexy, by the way. So, yeah, so I'm eleven, right? So you can't really. But I, for the next two years, hated Asian people. Like I was just like fuck that. Like every time I would walk past them in high school, I wouldn't say anything. I wouldn't go beat on them. I wouldn't do anything. But like, if any of the Asian people were near, I would fucking move the other way. I would move my seat. Because I'm a fucking 11-year-old kid who's blaming Asians for my parents getting divorced, right? Instead of blaming my dad or that individual girl. But, like, that's somewhat of a rational... Like, if if an 11-year-old did that today, you'd be like, ah! But that's kind of rational for a 12-year-old, right? Because you're a rational person at 12 years old, right? Like, could you see yourself having a similar reaction in that situation? At 11? Um, Yes. Right. Yeah, I could see that. And then as you get older, when I was 13, 14, I I, I changed like I took, you know, I had one of my very, very good friends. One of the guys on my football team was very close with um, was Asian. And I was just I'm over it. Right. Because I became a fucking semi adult. Right. Like I was 14, 15, 16. And that's done. You know, and then after that, I never thought about it again. But for that two year period, being that I was an irrational person at a young age, I had an irrational feeling towards a whole race because of something one person did. Similar to maybe how people feel about Muslims because of 9-11 or something like that, right? So is it fair to say that Liam Neeson, who maybe went into a deep, dark depression and hit this irrational moment in his life where he basically – we've all been there. We've all had irrational moments in our life based on circumstances. Jeff, you got diagnosed with cancer. I can't imagine some of the shit that went through your head when you found out that news. I got pissed at Arby's. Maybe it was – what's that? I got pissed at Arby's. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Jesus way too many beef and cheddars god damn can't it take anything seriously this fucking guy sorry the uh but you know i'm sure there's some shit that went through your head right like some crazy shit probably went through your head maybe it wasn't suicide maybe it was but like some shit went through your head oh, for probably. sure like there was a moment there where literally it was because i know you morning. were unstable because you were unstable when we would talk like that's true you were teeing off on everything Tuesday, like, you, Tuesday you wanted morning. blood for like little things that you used to brush off your shoulder yeah, exactly. Tuesday morning, that when I was going through that thing, I it was you know, went in Sunday. And by Tuesday, I had oncologists coming and saying, you know, we're going to try to make you comfortable when you got a couple months left. They literally said yeah. that to me and my wife, and we were just like, it wasn't even a real thing. Like we were like, okay, 
what the fuck are you talking? What are you even talking about? I got like, like I'm dehydrated, right? It's like you guys, you can't be serious with this. And I'm th- and I started thinking, saying like you, like oh my god, my dad went through cancer and passed away, and he was so I will never forget his first chemo things and throwing up and stuff. So when you talk about like suicide and stuff, absolutely, yeah, of absolutely course, true. Uh, absolutely, and now you, you start still thinking, think about it. This is terrible. What's that? And now you don't think about it. Like you don't think about killing yourself now. Only when this podcast goes over two and a half hours. It's the only time I start thinking about it. <laughs> I All thought right. you were going to say only when I ask you to record. That was better. That's true. But when it's you, like when you send me fourteen links to conspiracy, Michelle Obama dick yeah, theories, your homework. But it's that's like, when I'm like, oh Jesus. To, to, to get back to the Liam thing. So, but should I judge Jeff Manns based on shit you thought when you were at your emotional low, not low time when you got that diagnosis? Is it fair to think you were thinking completely irrational and thank God you didn't act on anything and you're almost embarrassed to think that you even thought it back then? That's yeah. a great, it's a great point. So if we're saying that Liam Neeson right now, who came out on his own, did unprovoked, it wasn't somewhere and he's trying to cover his tracks, is saying, and I don't know if he is, I haven't heard the whole thing, but listen, I was in this emotional, deep, dark place. I, I thought some crazy shit that I don't believe I am not like that. Jeff doesn't believe in suicide. Liam Neeson doesn't believe in, you know, that any race is inferior to another race. I don't know if this is him. I'm just making a case for the other side. And you know what? I'm embarrassed to say that, like, I went for, like, five days. I was walking around the street. Would I have done anything? I don't know. But I was gone. I wasn't even me. Then are you going to really say that he should never be in another movie? He should be out? Like, I'm just trying to make the point that even with what he said, which on paper is the worst thing you could say like it's almost indefensible so i'm trying to find a defense for it but if mm-hmm. that what i just gave you is the case then where do you lie on what he said even though well, it was here's, horrific here's the thing all right and this is this is just truth talking when i hear you talk like this right i think to myself i'm like so what you just said was one of the most insightful things i may have ever heard like it's it's the truth i am a person that is always about forgiveness I don't ever think that this person made a mistake and this person said these words and this person hated me. It's never the end for me. Like I always believe until we're in the ground or whatever, people can change. They can get better. Some people don't. Some people choose to not to. Some people can't, whatever it may be. But I am a person that does believe you can be different. And you just talked about being 13 to 14 and we're and then the jump to 16, 18, and then from 18 to 22, 25, like, yeah, I mean, we're different people, hopefully. And ultimately, and like you said, and to judge somebody at their nut low is wrong. And no matter what, can, yeah. And no matter what is, age. And the thing is, if we say this person said this and this person did that now, I, I, I so that was good. But I know people will come out, and after hearing you say it, I think at least people will say to you, Tom, you're just trying to make an excuse. I, I don't know think so because I think everyone stopped listening. I think we're just talking to ourselves by this I, I'm 100% sure there's not a person listening to this, but for the mere chance that maybe you are, or maybe this will be in our archive, the best of one day, who knows. The um, So people will say, well, you're just saying that to make an excuse. But what you said is something I really do believe, and I've done it. In many different ways. The guy, you know, the kid that lived next door to me that was, I found out was the conspirator. He's the guy who rallied the neighborhood against me and rallied it. Years later, came around, like, I was invited to his wedding and his kid's thing. And this is a guy who literally had planned for real to kill me, like, for real. 
Like, that's the way it was. God, I wish he he would have put me off this earth. Uh, and it's like, you know, I'm a, and it's like, yeah, he realized it's not the same person anymore. You know, you're not all bound to the mistakes we've made and everything else. Just make sure those saying words and stuff is one thing, but doing action and hurting and inflicting pain on somebody else. Those are the things that you can't come back from. So be careful with all that. As far as Liam Neeson is concerned, you know, if he said this and he thought that and he wants to be honest and earnest about it, say, yeah. He's outing himself. Like for me, yeah, for was. some reason. So I, it's, if you're, it's fine. If you're but here's, here's the other thing, though. Here's the thing. All right, I want to make this point before. I know I'm rambling, uh, but he, nobody, not me, not you, not him, not Liam Neeson, nobody is entitled like – if somebody now decides, oh, Liam Neeson, what a scumbag, and I don't want to make a movie with you anymore, well, bro, that's what it – none of us are entitled to opportunities. Right. And the more – like Colin Kaepernick. Like, dude, you're, you could be a top 32 quarterback, but you, you've done this thing that now people don't want to take a chance, and you're not entitled to be in the league just because you are. That's the thing that gets lost in all this. Sometimes people just don't want to deal with it, and they don't want the headache. Right. And it's not about your race, or it's not about what you said, but they'd rather – like Liam Neeson, 66-year-old tough guy, ah, eh, fuck it, we'll go get Stallone. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. like, you know, it's like we have a good script. we got a good movie. We could just do without – we could do without the headache that's coming. So I'm willing as a person to forgive if that's on the table or whatever, but – it doesn't mean you deserve to be a movie star or deserve to be rich or famous right. or any of those entitlements. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Like Colin Kaepernick, like, you know, the same exact thing, right? Like, it, it's not about your skill set anymore, dude. Like, so, like as, as Rapport would say, ain't about your skills, Duke. Like, it's not about <laughs> that anymore. Like, it's about the fact that you wore pig socks. It's about the fact that you wore a Fidel Castro shirt to an interview praising him. It's about the fact that you got fine for saying the n-word on the field and uh, it's about the fact that you're a fraud it's about the fact that yes you got benched but to back up Blaine Gabbert it's about yes you took a knee it's more than just the knee brah right it's 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 a combination of a lot of other shit that people are leaving out of this motherfucking narrative it ain't just that signed exactly motherfucker other people who took knees got signed it's that you doubled down with the interviews it's that you doubled down with the hate whitey stuff is that you double down with the pig socks of the police It's that you doubled down by dropping the n-bomb before that it's that you weren't a good person before this right it's like tim tebow and it's that you're a quarterback right and if you're that, a quarterback if he was a safety and, or a defensive end he'd be back in and you chose to not just take a knee make a comment and disappear you chose to try and portray, portray yourself as 2017's version of malcolm x like so you made a conscious decision I'm not going to just take a knee, start a movement, and keep taking a knee. I'm going to go into the magazines. I'm going to do all the interviews on TV. I want to be the face of this issue. So, therefore, you have put a spotlight on yourself much bigger than Ed Reed, much bigger than a lot of these other guys who've taken knees and are still getting NFL contracts, not to mention the fact that you sucked in your final year in the NFL on top of that. So, yeah, there's more to the narrative than the – than just the snippet that everyone's going, Kaepernick should be in the league because he was good. No. Tim Tebow is something that got brushed under the rug. Like, Tim Tebow is the one who really got fucked, if you think about it. Like, Tim Tebow, people, Kaepernick did nothing wrong. Nope. Kaepernick's last season, he did everything wrong. He got benched for Blaine Gabbert. He was so bad. So, yeah, he did everything wrong on the field. 
He did some controversial shit. He tried to make it about him by taking the knee because he didn't take the knee until he fucking got his ass benched. You notice that? He wasn't taking the knee when he was kicking him to the playoffs. So he tried to make it about him. and he did. All Tim Tebow did was lead a 1-4 Denver Broncos team to the playoffs and win a playoff game in yep. his last year he played. His career record Tebow is still plays. over 500. Like he was literally godlike that year, right? Like it was just the final minutes of the game. Well, how, are, how is Denver going to fucking win this game, right? Like Tim Tebow threw for 87 yards and all of a sudden they're going to have And the a- shit that people didn't want to deal with was him is him being a nice guy and a religious being guy. the nicest guy in the world and practicing yes. his faith. That's that's like, all they didn't want to do. Every player in the world is allowed to thank God the first sentence of their interview who doesn't go to church and doesn't pray and they're just saying it because it's the right thing to say in front of a microphone. And this man is still a virgin, takes a knee and prays for a second after he scores and he's cast that out of the league of forever. Bitch. You know, like Tebow got fucked and whether you think Tebow is good, whether you think he would have been viable, with, and then he went to the Jets, and the Jets fucked him. He was on the Jets, and they didn't even want to let him get it. They put him in to fail every opportunity and never gave him the starting job. We're picking Sanchez and all these guys back up to throw him back in over him. But Tebow got fucked way more than Kaepernick. Like, way more than Kaepernick. And totally. there's no big outcry for save Tebow, but there's this big cry to save, save Kaepernick. It's just ridiculous. No, I'm on board with it. Yeah, I mean, you know, people, like, we know what Kaepernick was. Like, we don't know what Tebow could have been. Maybe he was a gimmick. Maybe he would have gone 2-14 and on the fucking Jets, you know, if he started the whole season. Most likely would have, but probably would have. He didn't do anything really wrong. He did enough to deserve a shot to do that. And and that's the thing. It's like, whatever you want. If you want people to forgive and all that stuff, I believe they will. But you, that doesn't equal your job back, your, your Matt Lauer and all that shit. Like, people will forgive you, you know, and all that stuff and all. But you're not going to get your job, your salary, your stature, your fame, your fortune. That stuff doesn't come back. The only way that happens, that's why you stay clear. You know what I mean? And, that's, and if you just decide to break that trust of whatever made you rich, famous, powerful, whatever it is, and... You know, you will get forgiven by the people, but you're not going to get voted back into office or get an Academy Award or a Grammy or, you know, get to be advanced up in your company. It's not going to happen. You're making a conscious decision to choose one thing over another. And then you have to deal with those ramifications. Like Usually pussy. That's basically what it comes down to. Right, exactly. Like if I wanted to fucking start doing insane shit. And going after Barstool. And, you know, I made a Start? conscious decision to oh, attack yeah, yeah, KFC Barstool. on prison night, Mike, and keep attacking oh, yeah. KFC. Therefore, I had to deal with the ramifications of what came out of it. Yes. You know, like, that's it. You, you make a conscious decision to go down a rabbit hole and make statements, then you're bound to that decision, and then you have to decide. But uh, anything, Jeff, I think we covered a lot of ground on this podcast. It's only two and a half hours long. <laughs> this is, dude, we, what can we do? Like, well, we could Do break we them to? up. We can run a three-hour podcast. Like, we can run this podcast and then break it up into Super Bowl podcast hour 45 and then, like, 45 minutes of social podcast. No, because we'll just do then three hours next week and we'll end up being If we know we could break it up, then we'll go five hours, yeah. Then there'll yeah, be exactly. two two-hour We're podcasts. just too stupid like that. So, uh, I think if anybody has made it – by the way, if anybody has made, uh, made it this far – 
in the podcast, like we should we should give a secret word or something, and then give them like a promo or something. Raspberry. Okay, raspberry. So okay. All right. Um, if you've made it this far, if in the you've podcast, made it this far, if you're at the two minute, two hour and thirty minute mark, don't say the podcast. word again. Okay. Because every minute, the later we say the word, the more they're going to. They could just skip to the end and all that all right, shit. All right, like I don't cool. want people so at the very end either. Right. You so, know what I mean? So, so there, you, heard you the said word. the magic word. Right. If you made this far, we're gonna give you uh, what, like a ten percent off code for for something at Guru Leap. Yeah, we'll give you a. We'll give you something. Put it this way: we'll, Do we'll, not we'll, post it publicly on Twitter. Do not. Do tell not them, yeah. speak about any of because we'll do this again. And if you're a hardcore listener who makes it to the end, then you'll just keep cashing in. Boom, 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 boom. Exactly. Boom. So do not mention anything about it. Do not mention it in chat. We will not be promoting this on Twitter. Right. We're not going to talk about how we did it. We're just gonna. Nope. We're just gonna tell you to. Uh, are we gonna blow Kurt up? Is Kurt gonna lose his mind? Are we just gonna have like thousands of people hitting Kurt up on the DM? No, don't email the, the how house. Do, how do we? How do we? How do we verify? Probably have to tweet us or something. No, like, we can't gonna... have a public Twitter thing. Um. Damn, I, I, that's a good question. DM. I mean, it has to be something like that. My DMs are open. I'm not going to let all you maniacs in my DMs. That's crazy. Yeah, no, I'm not. Um, no, no. We're, if anything, we're, we're. How about how about this? How about we just do like the first five people that tweet us the word? But then you're still going to get people not knowing they're the first five people. We're still going to get a thousand tweets. I know. <laughs> How do we get a personal message across to everything? Oh wait, we're still on air. All right, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah, we're still on air. I would say this is a. Uh, all right, put it this way. Um, we just yeah, I guess hit up the hit up the house account because the DMs are open. Right, DM the house. Kurt's account. gonna want to kill himself. He will. But I'll go in there too and. I could help ease okay. Kurt's mind. Well, just- well, all right. So how about we do this? I got an idea. I got an idea. Yeah. Ready? Jeff, I just solved it. We're going to pick a time that you have to DM the house of cows. So you can't just splatter the DMs across the next week where Kurt's dealing with this stuff nonstop. You need to DM the house account with the secret word on Wednesday between what times, Jeff? Good question. It's like- got to be at night, right? And if you're a minute before or a minute after, don't even fucking bother. Don't even bother. This is a two-step process. So you have to do it on Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Okay? So I don't care what you're doing. If you're at dinner with your wife, if you're with your kids, go to the bathroom. Send a DM with the secret word from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Wednesday. This coming Wednesday, not next Wednesday. This Eastern Wednesday, time, by the way. 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern time, right? Which is yep. 4 p.m. to 4 6 p.m. West 6 Coast 6 time. And if you're in the middle of the country, fuck you. I'm not doing that math. You could do that on your own. <laughs> 6 to 8. Yeah, fuck all that shit. So 7 Arizona to 9 Eastern, to DM the code, and we will give you 10% you're off. You're in London. 10% off the next purchase. That 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. if you're in London. Right. And it could be. Shut the fuck up. And it could be a, uh, it could be a elite mafia T-shirt. It could be anything. It will work on yeah. absolutely anything. And we're only going to choose a couple people, though. It's not no, 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 no. Everybody, 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 oh, shit. everybody, everybody, everybody gets it. So that's the thing. But it's got to be the word, and it's got to be between seven and nine uh, p.m. Oh, on Wednesday. Shit. All right, and that's it. And don't fucking harass. Don't do anything. 
Kurt will fucking do it. It'll probably take him till next week to fucking get you the fucking promo or whatever it is because you're going to get thousands of these because I know many people listen to this. And uh, I think more people listen to the end than Jeff does, but we're going to find out exactly how many now. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so 7 to 9 p.m. Wednesday. Don't tech, don't DM at 6.59. We don't want to hear Don't anything. DM at 9.01. I'm putting yeah. it out two days from now, so those of you that can't listen to it till tomorrow, if you can't get to this podcast till Thursday, then that's on you. And then that's those your skip- fault. And now let's let's do a brief pause, and then start picking up a political standpoint for those just skipping through to the end. Because like those, pe- that's the people I'm worried most about. Oh, you think I, they're gonna? Right. No, I think they. I mean, I just know people who skip, 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 whatever. So final Especially take. The- so final take on the Covington Catholic High School. Kids. Yeah, I think everybody there. No, give a real take. Give a real take. Final take on the Covington Catholic situation. Do you think it was ridiculous that the media took control of that situation? Yeah, I think everybody on that step deserves to be uh, implicated. I think everybody there was looking for violence, and it's lucky. How it didn't can you come say the that? kids were looking for violence? By the way, what did the kids do to look for violence? Kids had many opportunities. Why for are violence. you there? Because they're Why protesting. Because they're pussies. That they're the opposite of people looking for violence. Well, the kids were, may not look for violence. They don't know the, better. The, they they're also in the twenties. So they were 20s, looking not, for spotlight. Yeah. They were looking for attention. They were looking to push their it. narrative. But and you got it. I don't think they were pushing. For, for the, this is you know how you not you know how I've never been in that situation. You know why? I've never been on the steps of the White House protesting anybody. <laughs> exactly. So That's when you put thing. yourself in steps. that situation, it's like this. It's like I, it's my hot nanny talk. Like you, you want to know how you don't get caught cheating on your old lady? With a hot, don't have a twenty-two-year-old hot I'm nanny so close to with like breast implants and stuff. Like, just don't. Right. Why are she, don't have her lounging around? The and pool she's on not going to do a better job than the than the seventy-year-old German woman exactly. with the mole on get her face. The, like that woman's better. Yeah, exactly. Get the Mary Poppins shit. Like, what are you doing? You're putting yourself in the situation. Stop putting yourself in those situations. You know the situation I put myself yourself? in. I actually yeah, didn't do, put yes. I didn't put my eight PM bets in because we oh. got on this at five and I was like, all right, <laughs> let me put my seven PM bets in. There's zero percent chance I'm gonna be on this till eight. And it's eight twenty now and I just missed my bet on the fucking next password. That didn't that's amazing. So uh final thing on Liam Nielsen, Neeson, I will say. Nielsen, um, what's Nielsen? he? Was he I, I'm so movies? stuck in my head. Is that why? Is that why? Yeah. Yes, Leslie Nielsen. Uh, Leslie Nielsen. Okay, that's why I get But uh, I did have one person on there because I posted the poll. Uh who's the media gonna go after now? There must be torn because he was a Democrat and a white male who said this thing. So let me give you one guess where the media is gonna go vilify, right? Because you have to be exactly like the person of your race, right? Like if an old white man r- talks about rape or hunting Negroes or whatever the fuck they wanted to say, oh, then I have to believe that because I'm a white man, right? Like if I voted for Trump, then I have to be a racist and whatever that guy in Alabama is. That's what the media thinks and America thinks. So it turned out to be 85% think that they're going to vilify white men. 15% think they're going to vilify Democrats. And then I got a bunch of assholes who were like, He's not a Democrat. He's not even a U.S. citizen. I'm like, oh, Jesus, really? Are you that fucking dumb to, to think that fucking first of all, you this dude was one of the leaders, Liam Neeson, one of the leaders in pushing Hillary Clinton versus Trump when that was going on. He is probably the most vocal anti-gun Hollywood person in Hollywood. And his mentor was Ian Paisley, who fucking founded the democratic unionist party so the fact that he wasn't born in america and isn't a registered voter first of all half the citizens half the people voting in this country aren't citizens that's one of our biggest problems but you can still be a liberal or a democrat 
if you're pushing that narrative pump publicly and you're backing Hillary and you're anti-guns and you're pushing all that without being from this country. So fuck you for trying to play that little semantics role. Yeah, he's Democrat. If you're in Hollywood and you're not from here and you're pushing a liberal narrative, you're a liberal. If you're pushing a Republican narrative, you're a Republican. That's, that's what it is. You're just because just you're not from here doesn't get you give you a pass but uh final words jeff uh this is the longest podcast in history oh, stop why see this is what i fucking hate I'm about not, you I'm not, right? I'm this not motherfucker lying. you guys have heard it live on the air whenever i'm looking at the clock and i'm like uh like i'm rushing topics jeff's like fuck it i don't give a fuck let's fucking let this motherfucker run and now that I fucking let it run for his fucking ass, because we haven't done a podcast in two weeks together, I, know. I let this bitch run for two and a half hours, and who's the motherfucker bringing up the clock the whole time? Sending out the I whole time the last your, two hours. I see your fucking tweets. <laughs> I see your I fucking tweets. I'm about to send another yeah, one. Yeah, I know. I heard you typing just now. <laughs> My gorilla hands. Yeah, I heard you. Here's how Jeff types. I do. It's terrible. I heard you typing. I knew what you were doing. Two and a half hours in, and Tommy G's still talking about Liam Neeson. It's exactly what your fucking tweet was. I'm not even paying attention. I'm, I'm fucking Go cooking dinner. Check your Twitter right my, now. My wife's going to put my chicken cutlet in the fucking garbage because I'm here too late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that's podcast ever. <laughs> so, yeah, you fucking fraud. You, fuck, you talk to me about how I trap you into things on the air. You just trap me into this you've been trapping this is the long con you've been trapping me into this waiting for the two and a half hour podcast just so you can bitch at me for it so you don't get to blame the fuck was that that was game over (laughs) final words you fucking ape yes let's uh do this more often sean mcveigh's uh sean mcveigh lost the super bowl todd Gurley's injured uh, DFS Twitter and NFL Twitter are a bunch of frauds. Liam Neeson, yes. I have no idea. Why is a 66-year-old guy a tough guy? Everybody on the steps of the White House protesting what deserves the what they get. Not. And Tommy G is a bastard. That's about it. Nice. All right. So I won a lot of money during the Super Bowl. Um, I agree with I Sean McVay. Edelman is not yet a Hall of Famer, but I'm, I don't think he should be because oh, of Edelman's PEDs. Not. Phil Simms is the worst. Portnoy was genius for his publicity stunt, no matter what you think of him. Liam Neeson, I totally do not agree with any of his comments. I think it's horrible. I think he should be out of Hollywood if it's real. But I do think there's another side to the story where we need to hear the whole entire story. And then the Covington Catholic High School kids. I just think it's an absolute disgrace what the media did to these kids, uh, even though I disagree with their stance. So that was my synopsis, your synopsis. (sighs) I can't wait to take a nap. So without further ado, no more hit at Miyagi. This is the end, my friends. So good luck. Jeff, finish it off for me. Good luck. Stay cash, motherfucker. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. Ain't no mercy. Ain't